cars trying to fight for that inside. I went for a little pass on the inside and I got sideways and I got shuffled back. I took the inside line and I cleaned him the f*** out. This is the Inside Line Podcast with your host, Caleb Russell. road show you didn't know you needed thanks to our partners carry resources and stock goggles defend your vision Welcome back. We have been wait a minute slacking by popular demand. It has been and, and by that popular demand, I will say we have had we a lot have, of people demand we come back with another episode. We, we missed have one. Been hounded and hounded at the race. Hey, you missed this week. Where's the podcast at? Well, you know, life happens. We have, like we said in a past episode, we have no goals and ambitions for this podcast. We're just sitting here talking. This is bench racing, baby. Bench racing at its finest. And enjoying and we, having having fun doing what we're doing. We had actual jobs we uh, had to do and the it's last awesome. couple weeks. And yeah. the Super Bowl. Super Bowl jobs. Um, I was a little under the weather. We recorded a podcast that's yeah. never gonna see the light of day. We had yeah. a GNCC preview show. We did. Um we did it now we did it, it makes from zero. the race. We did it at the race, and I had very good intentions. Um Johnny has Elon Internet. That's right. Starlink, I was, baby. I was going <laughs> to upload the show, but um, I was much under the weather most of the weekend. Did not feel up to par, up to snuff in the evenings, and I was pretty much just KO'd in the mornings. I barely got up for cruise race. Was barely able to make it to like 5, 5.30 in the evening. Um, but yeah, it was great to see everybody at the race this weekend. Hold on. We, we got to give a shout out to our wonderful guests from... Yep. That episode, we had Liam Draper on from Ampro Yamaha. Did a great job talking about the preview show. Mark Notman, uh, mechanic to the stars, Walker Fowler's mechanic, Josh Merritt's, well, Walker Fowler's mechanic, Johnny Gallagher's mechanic, uh, Hunter Hart's mechanic, and most, and now recently, Josh Merritt's mechanic. Uh, he came on and talked all things ATV. At some point in this episode, we might have to bring up something that was brought up between you and Mark, Caleb, but we'll get to that later. Maybe set a little score at some point. But uh, those guys did a great job. Guys, we're sorry that episode will never see the light of day. Maybe we'll take some excerpts from it and uh, throw it up on yeah, the line. Yeah, it just at some it point. doesn't make sense to release that yeah. now. It was obviously. it was a preview show. Yeah, and, it was a preview, preview show of the over. weekend. And yeah, the the weekend has happened. Now we just look silly. Yeah. So who do we got with us tonight? So we have uh Josh Merritt. Yeah. J JM eleven. He's coming off his Fifth place finish at the Big Buck GNCC. Tied for his best finish ever in a GNCC. Yes. Th three times. Re really outdid three himself. Three, three fifth one. places finishes now. Josh is going to give us his, his insight. He, he's smiling ear to he's, ear. He's he grinning. Is. He, he's he, never been this he's like excited. Pumped. He's Usually you and I are both just kind of like, you know, pushing him down, beating him into a hole, and now we're both talking good about him, and he he can hardly handle it. I know he's he's such a fanboy all the time about it too. You know, <laughs> super fanboy over here. He showed up Dude, here at the ranch, wasn't sure if he was allowed to be here, and then once he got here, now it's like he won't leave. He's been here like twenty four hours. 
He's, and he's like, hey, do you mind if I stay again tonight? I'm like, hey, we're filming a pod or recording a podcast. You should stay. He's like, dude, I'm staying. And he, then he comes and breaks into the building, tries to steal a Caleb Russell one jersey. He's trying to take jerseys off my walls. There's there's eight of them right here. I can just take this one, right? <laughs> What's up, everybody? JM here. <laughs> uh, I am definitely fanboying. Now he's trying to play it cool. And uh, two legends at the table and uh, possibly a third one in the, the making. We <laughs> also have soon. Ryder Lafferty. Um, second place at the first National Enduro of the Year. Winning this past weekend's XC2 class um, at Big Buck GNCC. So we have Ryder on the show. Uh, we're we're going to break down the race, get into it, we'll talk about the weekend. But, yeah, we got to give a little love to our, our sponsors that help us out here. Carry Resources uh, for coming on board, being on board from since day one. Scott Goggles, we, uh, we, gave, we gave a pair of Scott, Goggles, Scott prospects away at Big Buck. We didn't reveal the winner. We're on not, the on the line, yeah. We like didn't we on the line, to, you know. Yeah, well, um, we did. I contacted. Uh, the winner was Evan Hartzell, Hartzell ninety nine. Uh, he has been been contacted. Uh, he knows he's got the Scott goggles coming. Asked if he was at Big Buck. He was not there. I, I think we actually, yeah, it. We had it as a part of the show, so now we'll have to do yeah. a post. Yeah, um, we did it. We did the giveaway live, if you will, or in the show. And uh, again, we'll never see the light of day. So Evan, you still have those goggles coming if you're listening to this episode. Uh, he took part in that giveaway. Those are signed by Johnny Gerrard, um, Lane Michael, Lane Michael, Ben Kelly. Uh, did Liam sign him? I don't remember if Liam ended up signing, but I, we did decide since Evan Hartzell is an ATV guy, any of the ATV yeah, Scott guys who he wants to have sign those, we will facilitate Johnny will, that. Johnny will hook you up. That's right. We got Josh Merritt's a Scott guy. Walker Fowler's a Scott guy. I'm Cole, a Scott guy. Cole Richard. Oh, yeah. Ryder's Ryder. a Scott. So we got to get Ryder. We they're in my Scott they're in my is, camper. Scott stuff. is taking over. The Scott takeover. Defend your vision, baby. Let's get to it. We got Quad Tech. Quad Tech custom seat covers the best in the business, baby. I've run them since uh, I was seven years old in 1914. 1914. Uh, yep, man. That's when I was seven years old. Wow. I was I was born in 1907. Uh, but no, yeah. The uh, the Quad Tech crew came on board. They said, "Hey, we love the idea of the podcast. We want to be a part of it." And, uh, yeah, custom seat covers, check them out on, on the line, their Instagram quad tech. They also have <laughs> on the line, on the line. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. we better get on the line here. Yeah. Let's get going. Let's start talking about some racing. It was good. It was a good weekend. Great weekend. I mean, it, it was a little, I, I big buck this time of year. It can be wet. Um, we got that rain ruddy. Friday. Nobody got really a lot. Yeah. Got a lot of rain Thursday night into Friday. I wasn't there. I didn't get there till Friday evening. Um, but yeah, it was kind of the same same story. A little bit chilly, overcast, rainy, sloppy. Windy. Friday was gnarly, crazy windy. Yep, dried it right up. Yep. pretty much. I mean, that's a moto track's worst nightmare is wind. Yeah, but it was it was perfect with the rain we got though. It seemed like uh, it went from you know it was going to be hard pack slick. Then we got that when we got there it was really dry. Um, I got there Thursday, and uh, then we got that rain kind of soaked into the ground got tacky got soggy and then uh as soon as the wind came and the sun came back out it was it was uh it looked a little wet slick wet slick for the saturday the atvs yeah there were sections that was uh that held the moisture in there and uh but there was other sections that you actually had some dust come up so it it did just depended on the elevation and where yeah, you were at the sun if the sun was hitting it and all that kind of stuff i, I gotta tell you man like I don't know how many seasons of GNCC this is for me, but like the hype 
for me, like never goes away. Like pulling in there for round one, I'm not racing this year and I was still pumped. Like I was just excited to be there. Um, you know, there's just that buzz, that round one buzz. You can see so many people just pumped to be there. <clears throat> haven't seen their friends, you know, haven't seen their race family in months. Uh, you know, even if they got to see them at the banquet, it's just not quite the same. Um, yeah, it's not that race atmosphere, that environment. And, and obviously that feeling that I'm describing a lot of other people feel because, dude, the line to get in that place it was and mega. it's packed, like, wild. Like, people that came, uh, one of the Supercross PR girls uh, for Yamaha came, and it's the first GNCC. She, she actually was at Florida last year, but she was, like, mind-boggled. She was like, uh, I waited, like, over an hour on the main road just to get in this place. Was there a problem? I was like, no. That's how many people are trying to get in here. Yeah. It was packed, for sure. And I, I think Big Buck this time of year is phenomenal because it used to be in april and it was always like it could be it could be good there was i remember years when it was good and kind of this along the same lines of what we typically get now but i for the most part i remember it being very dry hard packed dusty sort of not super silty but it was just always kind of skaty and dry and dusty and super choppy um now it's a little bit wet slick It, it seems a little more hard packed I, I I don't think it's more hard packed than normal, but it's it's got a weird feel to it. Like when I I'm not racing it now, but when I cycle around, um, just the moisture being there, it it makes it look slicker than when it's dry dry slick. So, me visually, yeah, I'm not. I agree with you 100 percent there. Um, like I said, I think you still had that sharp edge um, on some of the track where it was like a clayer clayer base, and then uh, when it was sandy. You had those outside lines and roots and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but the track now, it, it seems like it's perfect time of year. It's pretty decent weather. It was great weather this weekend. Yeah, it was perfect temperature out there for yeah. some GNCC racing, especially it wasn't L- like A little too chilly hot. in the morning. Oh, yeah. I felt bad for those kids. The man. youth. Yeah. It was, I woke up at, uh, I think it was like, got out of the trailer at like right at seven o'clock on Saturday morning to go deliver an easy up and some stuff to somebody. And I started my truck up and said it was 26 degrees. And I see mm-hmm. these little youth kids going to the starting line. And I was like, saw a lot of sweatshirts being brutal. worn, not like, new gear. Yeah. I didn't know if I was going to make it out of bed to go to cruise start. I was hurting. I had like the body aches, my temperature and the Rona get you, bud. Ah, uh, something. I mean, I, I don't know. It's just from here, the, it's, I mean, it's freaking spring down here, man. Stuff's blooming. The grass is growing. You go up there, you change climates, and it's just a mixture of everything and being a little bit fatigued from traveling and training with the guys a little bit. Nothing like I used to, but uh, it just catches you off guard. It, I, I it, feel like for the racers, it's worse because I, I remember I was very, I, I think I was more prepared to, to make sure I took precautions to not be in the position that I was to, to like maybe get a, a cold or a sinus sinus cold or a head cold or, or whatever. But now it's like, I, I, I don't really think, think that way. It, it definitely came through here too. I mean, yeah, everybody, I, I think it's took, that time of year down took there. their turn and I had it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ryder was like, he quarantined himself mm-hmm. for days. Like he would come out, ride train if he needed to, and then immediately disappear. Yeah, like what's wrong? He's like, I'm not feeling good. I didn't want to get anybody sick. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's the hard part too. Is like I was, I remember I was went to the starting line. Ben came up to me. I was like, don't, I was like, don't get close to me. I was like, it's like I don't, I don't feel well. I was like, I, I don't think I was like any. I don't think what I had was like contagious. It was more like sinus congestion. My throat hurt. I was, you know, body aches and stuff. But yeah, 
You don't want to take that chance didn't, the day before. Didn't want to take the sure. chance. Get yeah, especially after the race, they're going to go out there for three hours the next day, beat beat themselves yep. to a pulp. You know that cold weather, breathe all that air in. You know, deplete themselves, and then the chance of it, it, your chance of for sickness just goes up astrono- astronomically um, in that situation. But it was um, exciting weekend. We'll, we'll start with Saturday. I mean, JM, you were out there. Well, hey, Fifth let's place let, finish. Let's before we get started, let's talk a, cu- a couple things we covered in the show last week that again aren't you're not going to see. Yeah, uh, there were some there were some changes coming in this year. Uh, I mean, more than just this, but one thing that kind of came about, uh, I don't know that you would say last minute, I think it was in the works, but it was announced just before the race, uh, a little bit of a change in the pro purse structure payout for both ATVs and motorcycles. Um, <clears throat> it was brought up, mentioned by some riders that they thought um, instead of paying the XC1 class and then the XC2 class, you know, separately, each having their own purse, uh, they felt it would be more beneficial to have an overall purse and pay the top 15 overall. Um, so racer productions listened, you know, thought about it, talked about it, uh, and decided to do just that. And, uh, they have actually increased, um, we don't have the, the 2022 numbers, um, but they have increased the purse for 2023. Uh, they are paying the top 15 overall, uh, on bikes, the top 15 overall on quads. This is for the PM race. Um, they are still of course paying their pro the purse for the WXC and FMFXC3 separately. Um, actually that brings up another question. What if an FMFXC3 guy gets in the top 15 OA? I guess he gets his overall purse plus the... Gets a bonus. Yeah, the money he gets for FMFXC3. Um, <clears throat> and then... There, there were, I do know that there was... Um, they, they crunched all the numbers, all the results from last year, and there was no XC3 riders to get in the top 15. So that's that was their decision to continue to pay for the class as yeah. well. So. And, and, that, and that's fine. I wasn't bringing that up as yeah, a negative. Yeah, it was just I was a, just... Wait, I will say Toby Cleveland was running top, was running twelfth OA for two laps, uh, two or maybe even three laps this weekend, and then uh, I think the little one twenty five kind of ran out of juice. He did still win the class, but did not finish in the top twenty overall. I think he was twenty first, if I remember correctly, or twenty second. Somebody said, um, but anyway, yeah, still paying WXC and FMFXC three. Um, so, but yeah, now the the bike purse is top fifteen OA straight down through, uh, ten thousand three hundred dollars uh, split up amongst the top fifteen. All the payout information is available online, GNCC Pro Purse. Uh, you can check that out. For the ATVs, same thing, top 15, uh, $7,300 available on every Saturday at, at GNCC. Uh, still paying the 4x4 Pro class separately, which that's a morning race, and WXC as well <clears throat> separately, uh, both of those paying the top five. Um, EMTB, there's a purse and all the information here. They're, they're paying the top five overall. Um, so it's no longer XC1. It's a it's an overall, and the then mor- they that's in the morning race, right? Yeah. No, no EMTB. Oh, EMTB. Yeah, okay. and then they do still have a WXC uh, payout for EMTB as well. Um, but uh, if you break it down by the totals, um, for go ahead. No, I was oh. I was um bike, bike event total Close uh, to twelve thousand nine hundred per event for a total of one hundred sixty six thousand six hundred dollars throughout the course of the year is the bike purse payout. Uh, ATV payout, uh, $9,800 uh, every weekend that they go rate or that we go racing. Uh, ATV series total, $126,600. EMTB total, I uh, don't have a weekend total here, but $12,500 for the series. Uh, bringing the total payout, uh, $305,700 is what Racer Productions will pay out in pro purse money this year. Um, Over a quarter million dollars just into the afternoon elite racers. 
$305,700. And you can sit there and, and bring up the questions all day long. Like, why aren't these guys making more money? Yada, yada. Um, there's, there's arguments left and right about this. Like how, how did, why aren't these guys making more money? Like all the pro guys. Well, we, we touched on this. We broke this down. We, I got pretty heated about this. I mean, I I feel like we both did because I, this might be one of the few things that you and I agree on. Yeah, for sure. So we, I I feel like, I feel like we we argue about everything, but we agree on this. I feel like, you know, we got two guys here. I, I feel like this is the perfect time to get two guys that are still racing, like their, their opinions on this before we give ours. Sure. Um, you know, the listeners out there, they're, you know, they're probably split, sure. you know, 50, 50, 60, yep. 40, 70, 30, you know, they need paid more. I think everybody wants more money. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody on the planet is always like, how, how do I earn more? Why, why don't they pay us more? Yada, yada. What are your guys' thoughts on the, the actual, the, the sh- structure of the, the payout now, the, the price increase? Yay, nay. Do you like it? Is it something, um, that you, you feel like is beneficial and going forward is better now. I like it. Um, <clears throat> just being an XE2, like you look at the old scale and it would, it's like 1250, I think, for XE1 to win, yep. win, win a race. And it goes all the way to 10th. With XE2, it's 600 bucks to win and then it would go to like sixth place and it was like 100 bucks. So for me, XE2, it's a lot better. I get. You know, there's certain races that I do better in the overall. You know, can so can you, get up there. Now you now you feel like you have more of a chance to potentially earn a little bit more money from uh, the event itself. Exactly. So I I look at it. That's it's pretty good. I like it. You know, and then like what you're saying, like the whole pie. I've never thought about that. Like the whole year, how much they're paying. That's yeah, a, that's a lot. You know, when it's you a look, ton of money. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's money they're taking off their books to just yeah. throw back. And, and and mind you, they're committed to that regardless of how many entries show up, what their expenses are, how much the cost of fuel goes up. Like this is, this is a guaranteed pro purse. And, you know, I obviously Caleb, for obvious reasons, you're sometimes criticized, you know, for your take on how things are done at GNCCs. There's a, you know, you're eight time champion. Um, obviously your family ties, uh, for me, and I have no problem talking about it. I just laugh when people say it. I'm often referred to as the race production puppet boy, you know, I'm, I'm always defending them, whatever it may be. And the reality of it is, folks, I'm just smarter than you. That's that's what it comes down to. Like, I've figured out how to run my career as a business. So now I can be arrogant about this now that I'm retired. Like, and I will get Josh's opinion um, before I go too much into this. He's but too busy laughing. He, he's laughing. But I, I mean, I'll, I'll say uh, it. Like, I, I, I've figured it out better than most people. Like, how and it, it is a business. And Racer Productions can be a business partner for you and and provide you a lot of opportunities, or you can look at them as an adversary and stand with your hand out. And I think we know the people that run Racer Productions are business people, and they don't respond well to people with their hand out, nor should they. When you're running a business and someone comes to you and says, gimme, 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 the natural response as a business person should be, what are you doing for me? Yeah, and that's, and that's that's what people fail to realize. We take XC1, XC2 off the table, People are still going to show up to race. Yep. Stu Baylor, Ben Kelly, all these semis—they're not a driving factor to get those people there. Sure, they help. Yeah, absolutely. It, absolutely it is a factor, but great. it is not the only. It's factor. not the only factor. Yep. It's sure it's great to have the the manufacturer support. It's awesome. It's it is needed yep. for sure. Absolutely, it keeps people motivated to go. It brings the show. There is a value there, and that's why they pay 
obviously they pay what they feel they can the value is and what they can offer sure at the end of the day it's a business it's a business they have to run um and make money they're not in business to to lose money i don't think anybody starts a business say oh i'm gonna give all my money away yep um so failing business right there and i think a lot of people don't understand how much money it costs to run a series like this and how many resources get used up doing it but before we get too much into being one-sided josh your opinion on the new top 15 payout on the payout in general, the fact, and, and keep in mind, like it has been increased again this year. It's yeah. been increased, you know, a little bit each year. This year it's increased quite a bit again, $305,000. I understand that's not all our ATVs, but 130,000 of that is ATVs. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think it definitely benefits like the, the A and the pro am guys to have a better chance to be making more money for me. Obviously they, raise the purse so now i have a better chance so i see it helping you you got a top five and we just you didn't even know how much you made (laughs) i just told you right before we started the super surprised and And, and you're like pumped about it yeah i'm still pumped about it you should but like for a pro-am guy now you have more chances hey i've seen pro-am guys win in atvs and i don't know if a bike guy's ever done around a bike but yeah so now so now if they just win the pro-am class if they if they won the overall it's going to be 1300 bucks instead of whatever it was 500 that's genius like yeah i think moved to europe too early like he should have stayed in freaking pro-am for another year yeah well (laughs) but i mean his he'll still get paid the same this year on his overalls you know i mean everyone will it's it's really a performance-based you know top 15 irregardless of class so um yeah, yeah i like I, it though it, it's pretty cool i think it like i said it definitely helps a guys uh pro am guys and and pros but it gives that uh next step like hey you can actually make more money yeah not just the 600 flat rate when you win your class and you know what was wild this weekend that i paid attention to was the top uh the top 11 in atv xc1 went p1 through 11 you know i brought this up in a group message and i was like poo-pooed for saying this like they're like oh that happens all the time I'm like no it doesn't that like is that, that is not normal um to me it it showed me a couple of things um you know jay shadron and wyatt wilkin were realistic i mean uh brandon owens ton of speed um he ended up second in xc2 stephen harrell ton of speed but in my opinion wyatt wilkin and jay shadron were the driving speed in xc2 last year they both moved up to xc1 um and because there were so many guys in that snarling pack in XC1, it was just pushing those guys. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the top 11 uh, XC1 guys, the, the XC2 winner, 12th place OA, like, it's been a while. I'm not going to say there may not have been a race here or there where that happened, but it's it's been pretty uncommon the last couple of years. And the same for the bike side, 1 through 7, yep. XC1. That's yeah, come on, cool. Ryder. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, 1 through 7. I mean, you're right it's there. Been a, it's been yeah. a hot minute since there's been 7 – well, last year, I mean, the last half of the season, there was yeah. seven, yeah. six, seven XC1 guys and total. We're talking right. about purse right now, but let's so. talk about that. We got through round one with basically everybody healthy that we're, at least came in. Obviously, on the ATV side, very noticeably missing Walker, Walker Fowler. Fowler. We, we talked about that in the Never See the Light of Day episode. Um, you know, we, we hope to see Walker back soon. He is healing. Um, you know, he's up and around. Uh, he, he will be at the Florida GNCC, as promised that, and maybe in person he can update his his uh you know his situation a little bit better for others but it's going to be a little bit until we see him at the races i'm confident saying that if he wants to get mad that's fine but um i think that's pretty well been established i mean we will i believe we will see him back in 2023 um but for right now 
you know, he's just going to be at the races and, uh, you know, supporting his sponsors and signing, signing babies, you know, signing babies and kissing foreheads or however that goes. Kissing babies, signing titties. Uh, where's the beat button, man? It's titties, Johnny. I, I'm not okay <laughs> with it. Come on. I, I'm not okay with it. Like, Mr. PC. Now, um, I have a question for you. Why would he come back for the last, you know, whatever he comes back for? Since Well, I think ultimately that's... Sponsor his, commitments. Yeah. Sponsor commitments. It's his choice. Okay. Sponsor. But also, I mean, if he, which I think at this point, he believes he'll be able to come back wherever that may be, whether it be before summer break or after summer break, um, there's nothing like racing. Like, that's true, and and if in a you way you told me that at the beginning yeah. of the season, yeah, so there's nothing like race racing. The FTRs yeah, you weren't going to race the FTRs. You didn't want to, and I said, yep. look, man, you can ride and you can train all you want. You can't really, in my opinion, and I know like Caleb, your guys don't really race. Except we for, we have different views on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I uh, and it, it's fine. I can explain my reasoning. Yeah, yeah. why I didn't do it, but no, I, I I think I think it depends on the person where you're at in life, what what's going on, like whether you you should be racing some of these local events or not um I, I also think it's where you're at in relationship to your competition if that makes sense too when you're yeah. the guy if you don't want to go racing i get that like because in a way you're kind of giving your competition a free shot at following you around seeing what you're doing that kind of thing which you spent most of your career being the guy um, and you had your program figured out. And, and Josh, I wasn't being condescending when I said that. Oh, no, but you're I, trying to improve your race craft. Yeah, and, on, and it is different on the ATV side, too, because you go to an FTR. There was, There's a lot of guys. Well, yeah, there was like, I think 20. Well, yeah, but I think there was like nine of the top 12 yeah. were at the one FTR. So what better way, way to gauge. find out where you're yeah, at? Exactly. Like, even if you don't improve, it's a good barometric gauge oh, of where you're and at. It definitely helped me. Um, that first FTR I went to, I was keeping up with guys that I normally struggle to keep up with in the Florida whoops. So I was like, Oh, confidence right there. Boom. Yeah. Start off the season confident. Yeah. yeah. And this, and that's, you know, not to, not to say Josh isn't a guy that can win a race, but I didn't ever want to give a guy that was a fifth place, sixth place guy, the opportunity to ride behind me. That's exactly what and I mean. Like when you're the so. guy, like why give somebody a free shot at learning from you? Yeah. I get that. Because I, I go into these I've never local, been the guy, so. <laughs> I, I would go, like, you know, at, at the top riders, they go into the local races with n not the same sort of mindset, the same, you know. And, and walkers it, the same nothing, way. There's nothing the same about it, so I'm not going to try as hard. Yeah, so, so But I, I know I'm not trying as hard, but that guy, I'm, I'm letting those yep. guys, like. Get close to you. Get close to me, get confidence, confidence yep. and then confidence breeds success, so. And, and this, I understand, you know, Walker hasn't retired yet, probably. You but know, I mean, I used to I used to race locals all the time, like, going up. And I the same thing happened to me. That's I remember when I was at A-Rider, and I would latch on to Glenn Kearney and some of these guys at Mid-East races. I was like, oh, man, I'm doing something, you know? Like, yep. uh, you know, it builds you up. You feel good. And like, then, and then awesome. you go to the GNCC. Then I go to the GNCC and get yarded. I'm like, okay, well. You would have got yarded more if you didn't go, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, there, there's a time and a place, and I feel like it just depends all on – your mentality, what you're there to get out of it, um, your your needs to to move forward, definitely. No, and it like you said, it worked out for you, Josh. Um, hey, one thing, quick, uh, not to jump back, but we were talking about the pro purse thing. We we did up the totals and all that. Um, I, I kind of got a little loud there for a minute, and I want to say one more thing about that whole pro purse. And Josh, why are you smiling so much? Um, the the one favorite. thing <clears throat> that I that I said in the previous never to be aired podcast that I want to say again. Um, I personally feel when, when you talk about business and you talk about this pro purse and, and the, the sentiment that people will say, well, well, they should pay more. 
I'm never opposed to any organization looking at their, you know, financials and deciding they want to contribute more to the pro purse. My issue is when people feel it's owed to them and then they don't realize all the opportunities that they're passing on. Well, um, the good thing, like, I feel like it came up last year, like people were, you know, kind of bitching about the pro purse and they stepped it up this year. So it shows that they're like listening. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's, I mean, and it, like they're, they're trying to help us out. So, yep. Absolutely. Like there's nothing wrong with, like I said, asking or, or talking about it, but it, when it's that, to me, it's approaching it. Like when you feel, when you got your, when you got your finger out pointing, like your finger, you guys are the problem, the handout, but like we're a charity case. Like, dude, this is a business. This isn't charity. And, um, for me, I've always taken, taken the, I guess the approach of, I recognized a long, long time ago that Racer production at GNCC provided me a platform to, um, Provided to showcase me your skill. To, yeah. Whether and go it, make a living. Yeah. For And for me, that wasn't just on the racetrack. That was my ability to build brands and to... Market yourself. Yeah, to market myself and market the products I was endorsing. And, you know, they've never been anything but helpful and, and gracious in when I brought them opportunities and said, hey, I can, you know, this is something I can do as a benefit of their series. Like, they've never said no. It's always like, absolutely, what can we do to help you make this happen? Yep. Like, I would much rather work with someone to make more and, and to better myself than ask them to do it for me. That That's my point. I'm not, I'm going to say a bad word. I'm not shitting on people that feel they, yeah. Oh, I, I'm not, Johnny, I know, I'm pissed Johnny. about it. I'm not shitting on people that feel that. He said it again. They deserve more. But go Time get out. it, Watch man. Your mouth. It sh- it's not just going to be handed to you. Go get it. Like, figure out a way to get it for yourself. I did. But you are can. like that one guy. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't think I'm that one guy. Adam McGill is a, another That's example. Like, he's carved out, you know, an, a niche for himself in the industry and, you know, does well for himself. Um, he reckon, you know, he's got the gator persona. Um, the gator. You know, he's, he's uh, I mean, Stu. Stu Baylor's another one. Yeah. Like Stu markets guy. himself, regardless, love him or hate him. The guy's, he's great at marketing himself. He he's loved. Like, and that's, I mean, that's, anyone has that opportunity. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you have to be a larger than life persona. Cause I'm surely not. I chose to go like the corporate, you know, kind of like tie. Yeah. No, not business. Tie, <laughs> yeah, but business. Doesn't cuss. yeah. Like I don't, yeah, I just cussed. Don't do that normally. <laughs> Um, don't raise my voice, like always say the right thing, but, but it's not, it's not fake. It is truly, I mean, you guys have spent enough time with me. That is who I am as a person. It's just obviously, you know, maybe a a slightly more refined version of myself. And then Caleb took the whole 180 and just said, I'm gonna win everything there is and get paid for, but you can do that. He didn't, he didn't need to market himself. He didn't like he did. uh, I mean, he did a good job of marketing himself, but he also just, and I've told Chris boards this too, like, dude, when you're winning, like. People will just throw money and opportunities at you. But at some point, if you're not winning, what do you define yourself as? Because if you're just a winner and then you're not winning, where's your value? Now, let's talk about Walker real quick. Do you think it's too late to start, you know, branding himself? Or do you think, hey, he has a chance so he can make some more money right there? I mean, I think Walker at this point still has the ability to win. Um, And I think he's done a pretty good job of carving out an identity for himself. He may not necessarily. Social media has been lacking the last few years. Yes, but see, there's where you and I differ. Social media is not the end all be all, like by any means. Um, I, I mean, it had virtually nothing to do with my value. Um, <laughs> and I'm not saying that there's no value in social media. I'm just not saying. I'm just saying that's not the everything for everybody. Do I think? Do I think Walker and many others 
could and should do more, especially now on the side of the the table that I sit on mm-hmm. as you know a representative of GBC of of Yamaha, you know a fly of all these other companies that I look at them and, and you know they rely on me to kind of gauge um, where they should be spending money and and how they should be spending money and and one of the very big factors is who they're much, spending their money on yeah and and how much reach um, guys have and, and how much have. inter interaction these posts have it's and, all about engagement nowadays sure you know, it really is it's yeah. it's the the days where Johnny and I you know, built a, a brand, so to speak, on is not the same way you can go about it nowadays. So I, I, to Josh's point, I do feel like Walker is in our category as far as that and hasn't caught up to that sure. just yet. And I, I mean, I, I'm not the best Instagram. I, I hate it. Like I, I, you know, I got a bunch of followers and I, I hate it because I can't say what I want to say. I yeah. can't, you know, I, I don't post a whole lot and yeah, and, I'm, and just, this I'm not, I'm not into it because into it a lot if it if it was more if yeah I, I'm, I'm out of the game and, yeah. and the whole thing but so the thing speak, is you know, really so. like what i was kind of getting at is like i use it more as banter now between my friends yeah. and it gets taken the wrong way so i, I can't post that yeah. stuff right. on like my actual account but if so. you hired some kid while you're winning all your championships i mean you or walker and you had this big engagement do you think there would be more money on the table I, th- I think there it might open the door for some more opportunities. Maybe not necessarily more money. I think it would come. I, okay. I do think it opens the door for more opportunities. More. Um, I feel like we could have more likability just yeah, about for this. Sure. Sorry, but but I, social no, no, media you're, you're guy. Fine, you're fine. This you're is fine. a big rabbit hole. Big yeah, social but, media. So guy let me here. let me explain something, Josh. You and I've had this conversation before. So um, without going into numbers, mm-hmm. um, Walker has some very lucrative deals um, with GBC, for instance. Um, Fly as another one, okay. um, Yamaha. Those are his three biggest deals big, financially. Big three, yeah. um, I can tell you from as being at least a portion of the people that kind of work on, think about, talk about two, potentially even three of those deals over the history of his deal with them. Um, Thank you, Johnny Gallagher. As much as as much as I would love to see Walker, and and this is where I think things can jump the shark. Like if your social media becomes so much about followers, engagement, content, whatever. And it, it becomes its own thing, almost like where you're monetizing it, you know, making money off of your posts, making money off of your reels, all that stuff. You, you start to get to the point where you're posting content for the sake of the likes, the follows, the interaction, and you're losing the fact that the, uh, one of the reasons a lot of these companies are paying you a lot of money is because you already have these followers and they want you to be talking about their products. And they want this, this social media image of you to be the real you helping them sell their products. So you're monetizing it on your end, making money off it. But at the same time, it's driving your brand. Caleb, like you mentioned, we've, you know, got older in the previous generation, guys built a brand. Um, you're kind of changing that brand. Right. Now you're becoming a, I don't an know. Influencer. That, what's, influencer. Yeah, an influencer. And I hate that word. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's terrible. I have to sit through these meetings where they talk about the importance of influencers. And I want to be like, look, we're not selling Ed Hardy t-shirts and, and energy drinks here. Cause if we were, I would listen to what you have to say. But you know, when you're selling four wheelers and you know, you're selling tires and you're selling even gear, like influencers, influencers, not the right word to me. Like you have brand ambassadors, yeah. but an influencer reaches out to people that know nothing about anything and sells just, them shit. They don't need. Exactly. 
and sell, it's garbage. Sell, sell, they they basically sell them, try to sell them a lifestyle that yep. they have that they'll never have. Yeah, they're exactly. going to spend that a bunch of money, have. and they're never actually going to have what that person on screen has. That said, <laughs> I recognize that there is a value to that. Yeah. So I think you have to toe that line where, yeah. So like for me, I feel like I do have like a brand for myself, not as big as obviously Walker Fowler, Kayla Russell, any of those guys because they're obviously on the podium getting all that. Uh, I haven't been on the podium in a while, bud. Okay, well, (laughs) you're Caleb Russell. A hot minute. Um, He's got eight championship jerseys hanging around. Yeah, I have, like, the followers, you know, and I try to use that to get my sponsors to get me, you know, more stuff. And I think that's – and I I think you're in a key position with that. You know, your engagement's good. Uh, You put yourself out there. That is a value to your sponsors. I mean, they're going to give you product for you to showcase to your followers. And, and in some cases, monetize that and incentivize it for you. My point was when it becomes where you're allowing the content you need to post to monetize it, to drive your social media, to dictate what's on your social media, and, and you lose you know the fact that you're, again, I mean, it's kind of the same companies for you that we just talked about with Walker. Obviously, yeah. Action Off-Road. Action off-road. Um, you know, Jason, uh, the guys at Action Off-Road, I'm sure they want you to be they don't want to control your content, but they like it when it's geared towards action off road. When oh, it's definitely. geared towards, GBC they want winning. it to be me, but right. they want maybe right. them in the background. They, you know? yeah, they don't want a hundred goofy posts a day because that's what's getting the likes and that's yeah. what's you know making you money on views. They don't want that because then people are like, "I'm gonna unfollow this." People he's that are core, pushing it. he's pushing it too right. hard. People, and, 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 and that's know, the best you know way. What to gets do. me? What's that? Selfies. Selfies. I just posted a selfie. I know about your podcast. You're welcome. You posted a selfie about the pot. Well, you posted a selfie a couple of weeks ago. I was like, dude, what are you doing? JM, what are you doing? Sorry. What? It's not 2012. We don't post selfies. Do you have a selfie stick? I, I do. Wasn't at this, my house? That was like the most popular thing to do, like when Instagram first came out with selfies. You know, I'm that age. Was, well, was I'm a little it, you know, older was it shirtless? Me. No, I uh, think I would have got more yeah. likes, though. Yeah. He was he was riding at Kroom. The, girl, the, girls, the girls do yeah. like JM. They like that grizzly beard. beard. Yeah. Grizzly beard. Yeah. Macy likes it. He's a, well, he's a heartthrob. I, I love you, Macy. I'm I'm not into selfies, but I'll take an ussy. What's an ussy? You and I together picture. Oh, ussy. No. I feel like Got that's it. worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's, or no? it's a Ted Lasso quote. I take uh, selfies with like big fish <gasps> when I catch a bass. Yeah, yeah. big fish. Like that's that's, that's, a, that's dude. Cool. Actually, I, I just I realized we got like two major fishermen on the show. Oh, you're a fisherman. Huh? Yeah. Hey. They, cool. didn't, they didn't don't even know it. it. They're going to be like best buddies now. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow, Josh isn't even going to go home tomorrow. Ryder's not even going to show up. Yeah, Ryder and Josh are... Has anybody... Josh's truck and trailer are still here. Ryder <laughs> didn't show up for motos today, but they're all the waiters. All the waiters are gone. Get a hold of my dad. He's got a big bass boat. Yeah, there's there. a bass boat in the oh, building. I saw right it. There. Don't worry. I talked yeah. to him. I checked it out. This. We're going to go this weekend. Nice. <laughs> Josh will be around. Uh, you I'll could be probably... around. I missed my hey, fishing actually, trip today. I was a little mad because yeah. it was at noon and I was supposed to ride at eleven. Uh, we went, we're supposed to go red fishing, uh, me and my dad. But so can't. off topic, on topic, and uh, Josh, you and I have kind of already talked about this. But Ryder, uh, we're here in Florida. Uh, we're a couple miles from those of you listening. We're a couple miles from the Florida GNCC there at Hogwaller. We're over here in Palatka at Ranch Russell at the moment. Ryder has this thing. He'll take his waders. 
and he'll go to like all the local lakes and ponds and he'll wade poaches them yeah yeah, i'm not getting into that he's got a license it's all permits he's everybody all the public lakes yeah that's fine yeah the neighbors the neighbors have all signed off he's fine that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that he puts his waders on and walks into murky bodies of water in the state of Florida. Alligator infested. And then we're not bu- going to get attacked. Stop it, Josh. Fine. Just stop talking. Go after the big one. We literally. Them. There are anacondas down here. We bicycle past Never these goes. ponds during the week, and there's gators just looking at you with their beady little <laughs> eyes. These death dinosaurs <laughs> that are like, <laughs> I just want to rip out your innards and make them your outards. And I'm like, Ryder, have you, he's like, oh, yeah, I waded in right there. And he's like dead serious. He he's, like, dude, away. he's like, dude, they're, they're, they don't want anything to do with you. Okay. Um, right. Josh? Um, as long as you catch the big one, that's all I care about. Hey, would I, you do it? Have oh, you done no, it? I've done it. Well, in okay. Way. Not in Florida. I've done it. Well, there's a big know, difference. In Ohio. Oh, oh, in Ohio. <laughs> but, uh, What's the matter? You might get bit by a snapping turtle? No, no, no. no. Like, I'm well, just leech saying. leech might stick to me. Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple leeches. Um, the waders were a little above my price range at one point. <laughs> so I would go You got all that crops. GNCC purse money. Yeah, I got the purse money now. Uh, sorry, Caleb. I'm not going to be able to pay you this time. I'll get, go get me some waders. <laughs> but no, I mean, as long as the fishing trip is worth it, you can't get skunked. Uh, yeah. It's my rule. Even if it's a dink, you come home with some. What's a some dink? Dink is like just a little a guy. A yeah, dink. I but thought you gotta dink, get a I thought dink stood for double income, no kids. Well, it might. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Know. That's a thing. I heard this the other day. Like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so I just need to find a chick who has like you know a solid income, and we don't have children, and then we're dinks. That's what I was told. Johnny okay, needs well. a starter family. Yeah, he definitely does. I mean. If baby mama don't want no drama, give me a call. <laughs> He's single, ladies. I that I am very much single. But yeah, I I agree. I think I would have waited way out. off topic. Yeah, yeah. waited wait out there. We got, we're awesome. going to talk about racing. Did you catch any big ones though? I caught two six pounders. Six like pounder. Couple. That's yeah. that's pretty good. That's worth it then. Yeah. You know how but, Ryder, you were on the pedal yesterday. Yep. With uh, and well, well, we didn't. We left you. We didn't. Oh. You didn't pedal with us. You well, peasant pedaled down cousin town with yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Caleb goes, oh, they were on e-bikes. I didn't. I was that, on, was oh, that was it. Oh, oh, well then, uh, Josh is back. Yeah, they didn't leave me. We went different ways because I was on a gravel bike. They were on e-bikes. They wanted to go to the quarry uh, and go sightseeing. I wanted to get they my wanted miles to go trespassing. I'm not. They saying were not. I could keep up with you guys. Just, I know you couldn't. We've got, got bicycles here. If you want to settle, I've that, been we dropped a lot in my but life. You need to hear this because this is actually so. Okay. On that ride on Cousin Town, what what do you think that fish was? Uh, snap like a red snapper. It was a big guy. Yeah. Though. Like how much do you think that fish weighed? Like before? Ocean, yeah, like salt water. It had teeth. It was. Like, it, it was in the know, middle it, of the road. Yeah, it had teeth and everything. I yeah, don't know. Oh, we're in the middle like of that. Florida. I mean, that's pretty wild. Wait, Where do you Ryder think it has came some from? theory. Ryder, I have theory that like someone caught it, like you know, in the ocean, and then they took it back, gutted it, you know, took the meat, and then they just oh, threw so it. it was filleted. Yeah, they filleted oh. it, and then they yeah, threw it. They threw it, threw away. it over there, and threw you know, the dogs got into it. And so update, we pedaled, um, then. Myself and Brody Johnson pedaled yeah. today. It's gone. Hmm. Oh, it's yeah. not there. It's not going to be so there. Something, coyotes yeah, or something came dogs. Well, but this ha- fish we, was we like, it world, was like a whale shark. We have the world's greatest birds. Pelicans? Nested in these areas. Yeah, it's a flying ribeye, right? That's what that says. A what? I'm talking about a f- eagles, man. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Wait, no. that's shooting eagles? No, no. no. The, Don't even start that. Yeah. Bird, yeah, that's messed up. The birds that... 
I don't know. I hear them out here. Yeah, no, no. The ribeyes in the sky. Yeah, ribeyes in the sky. What are they? The the uh, what what are those things? I don't know what they are. Uh, they're they're kind of yeah, crane, some yeah. sort of. Crane. Oh, the ones that like the make the oh, noise. Wow. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ribeyes in the sky. That's what that says. I've never had one, but I guess in Texas, uh, I know uh, Real Deal. Um, he was RJ's practice mechanic, one of Coop's uh, good buddies. Uh, he said in Texas, they, I guess there's a season for them. They'd shoot them. Yeah, same thing. Ribeye in the they're sky. They're the ones that look like like the storks, right? They yeah. deliver babies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I'm not shooting one of those. I can't shoot anything. I'm, no, I'm not even. Never mind. I'm not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> there was a bit. what. Anybody that wants Dingo. to know, anybody that wants to know, riders can have a new butt patch at one of the races this year, and it's just gonna say the dog catcher, <laughs> the dog catcher. We had we had, uh, we had Ranch Russell. Pests. Ranch Russell was invaded by some stray dogs. They have torn up the trash, and to avoid having to do any harm to them, um, because we're all dog people here. Um, but they, it was getting bad, and, and not to mention other people were gonna be coming back to the ranch that had dogs. Obviously, you know there could be an altercation. Dogs, kids, yeah, dogs, kids, and these were wild dogs, and they were very aggressive um rider <laughs> so two of them were there was three of them two of them were chased away and never came back um and one just decided this was his new home and he was oh, gonna yeah. rip off anyone's arm that came near him and rider concocted this dog catcher pole out of a 10-foot piece of pvc in an extent and it was very humane like yeah. it was just mm-hmm. like what a dog catcher would use josh you weren't here for this but it was pretty phenomenal the dog ended up in the back of the mechanic here chase's truck and went for a nice long drive and then rider and chase dropped him off and we're basically like in the middle like we're like, here's your new home. Don't come back. There is other houses with trash that he can get. To. Yeah, there we <laughs> go. So that's what all I happened. Care about. We just gave him. A, we just gave him a chance, man. Well, he's got a chip in a chair. He can. He yeah. can fight for his yep. his right to live. Better than anything other outcome that I've heard. But the dog catcher. I was. I was like a hundred yards away, and I just hear Johnny. I've been down this road before. Do you think he's coming back? back? There's a zero tolerance policy for stray dogs around here yeah well we're not getting into that that's why we the dog catcher took care of it and we took him for a ride so you didn't have to deal with it um thankfully can we get back on topic here i mean speaking of the tracks speaking of the tracks there was a race this weekend derailed big buck (laughs) people are tuning out by now i don't think give a shit about this no ironically let's talk about that a little bit we talked about back by no that's that's why people listen people are listening because we're not we don't have a script in front of us we're talking um yeah, yeah we need to get back to the racing for sure but uh man I, I caleb i'm gonna go ahead and pat us on the back you guys are you guys are new but bk uh has been in a bunch of times um obviously we had johnny we had lane um who else do we have for guests um uh we we called a walker yeah walker follower josh strang um, um skylar howes skylar howes so all of the people that have contributed so far, like guys, we got busy, we missed a week, and it's yeah, been it's like wild how many people are like upset with us, up our like, ass, texting us, calling. Consistency is key. You yeah, know, know, messaging. Well, I knew this was going to be a problem. Um, it's it's just it's how it's going to be occasionally. You know, there's going to be there's going to be times when we're life not, gets in the way. Yeah, when we're not capable of. We we did record it. We did our, we we, we made were a little late. Effort, yeah. Whoa, whoa, sense. whoa! I mean, that was a pretty sweet setup we had inside yeah, it was the GBC. Good, we, we, I mean, we we spent way too much time and energy and yeah, producing that that piece of content that's yeah. never going to be shared because we we need to get some clips from it at yeah. some point. But why why won't we see it? Why won't we hear it? Well, we we shot it Friday as a GNCC preview opener. Uh, we had Liam, Mark Notman, and. 
we it was late. We we didn't do it till late that we finished Friday it at nine thirty Friday night. Yeah, and I was starting to feel bad. I get I went back, went to bed. I was had plans of getting up after cruise race and Saturday morning, like going through it and putting putting yeah. it together. And I was like, the plan the plan was to it was video as well. I pretty much before went back to, yeah, yeah went back yeah. to the camper, went to bed, got up a little bit, went and did my normal routine as far as chasing the track around, trying to figure out the spots that I can make it, you know, sort of my job that I need to do on the weekends. And then, you know, KTM has their dinner at like five o'clock, five, five thirty ish. I was like, I was over there at five o'clock. I wasn't ready. I went to the camper, went to bed. Yeah. Like I was, to- I, I didn't was toast. I so was Caleb left at nine 30, uh, right about nine 30. And then Mark and I left to go to dinner and Mark's like, so what's going to happen with that episode? I'm like, oh, Caleb's going to edit it like tonight. And tomorrow morning, it'll be, you know, it'll be live on Spotify and, and on Apple Podcasts and all that. And obviously, the next day, I got busy with race stuff. And then uh, Saturday night, didn't didn't see Caleb one bit. Like, normally, I'll get a text like, hey, I got a whole bunch of Miller Lights that need to be drank. And uh, I'm coming over to your camper. We're going to watch Supercross. Josh, you came over. There's six people in, in the rig watching Supercross. Never heard from Caleb. And I just figured, you know, family, like, well, I wasn't going to bother him. Sunday morning, I see him, and he just looks like a zombie. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's like, dude, I have not been feeling well. I've just I've been sleeping in the camper for, like, a day and a half other than when I had to be out here doing stuff. And then I never – it never even, like, dawned on me. Like, again, busy, busy. And then Sunday night, I called you, and I was like, I was like, hey, man, people are asking about the, the podcast. And he's like, yeah, well, we can't post it now. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it's a preview show for GNCC round one. I'm like, right. And then it, like, clicked in my brain. I'm like, yeah, okay. So we're going to have to redo it. Yeah. So. Not redo it, but just Did, move just on. Didn't, didn't there was happen. some good stuff didn't come there. to get, Didn't come to fruition. I will say this. Touched. I don't think anybody hit um, the top three or no. top five no. spot on in either race because we all did I was close in the ATV. I was close. I think you I was were. Off, off by one. Yeah. I didn't have Richardson. Richardson. I think you had Glotta. Yeah. Yeah. Instead did you have Richardson. me in the fifth? We no, only we only did top three. three. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. You didn't make the cut. You made the cut. Um, but, but I, uh, and you're not making my cut this next week either. And I'll tell you why. Oh yeah. Let's talk Here about we it. We had this conversation a little bit ago. The mindset is not there. JM, what is going on? Folks at home listening. There was about what an hour ago, on? Josh said, Hey, I got fifth at, at round one. We were talking about, it. he said, yeah, it ties. I've gotten fifth three times. He goes, ah, you know, coming in that we won't give numbers, but he's like, this is my goal for the next one. And Caleb like literally just throws his arms up and he's like, let me tell you something, buddy. Every time I go to the starting line, my no, goal is to. I did not say that. You, you, I've got well, Ryder wasn't in here. Didn't he what say? Do you, what do you, yeah, you definitely said that. I. You said I. Every time I go to the checkers, I'm going pretty to win. Much. Yeah. Well, that was about another topic that we're going to touch on later. Oh, well, yeah, okay. but it was. I thought that was bait. That the was moral like a, of the story is it's a shitty mindset. It is. <laughs> no, and like I look at you and I see how you look at me and it kind of scares me. Like shit, I should probably be motivated. Believe like, in yourself I should a little bit, in myself. man. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Like, Think a little bit stronger. I mean, you're if, if you don't believe there's there's one like the first step is like thinking it, right. whether you believe it or not, tell yourself the lie, I can do it. At least at least start there. Start yeah. somewhere. Yeah, but you gotta Just do the start. work. You do. Yeah. He's got a fifth. Let's build on that. Sure. Let's not agree. Let's not say, Oh, I'd be happy with the top seven at this next one. Because that's yeah, what that's he said. That's what I said. Yeah. You know, that's right. worse. I wasn't like, gonna say it, but that is what yeah, you said. That's what I said. And Ryder wasn't least, in here let's yet. Let's at least but. try to match it. Yeah, let's you match know, it. Build, build off of it. Match it. I, I will and say then, this. Then, I will say this. Earlier, and I won't go into exactly what it was, but um, years ago, and ironically, it was before um, 2017, which was a renaissance season for me. I remember you telling me, you're like, a goal is just a dream unless you write it down. Yeah. It doesn't become 
It doesn't become real unless you write it down and hold yourself accountable to it. And as a first, realistically, the first time in my life I ever wrote goals down. And I remember like I came to you with those goals. And I was like, hey, these are my goals. And you were like, those aren't goals. Those are just things you know you're going to do. Like, like put some stuff on there that you think is outside your comfort zone, but make yourself think you're going to be comfortable of it or make yourself you're going to be able to do it. And uh, I don't, I, I kind of remember what they were. And the ironic thing was like, not only did I meet every goal on there that I wrote down, some of which I never thought possible. Obviously I won a race that year, which that was not even on the list of goals. I think lead a lap was on my goals. Well, what better lap to lead than the finish, the last one. Yeah. Um, so it, it's pretty crazy with the power of like, positive thinking and, and having confidence in yourself can do. And I think where you're going with this is I actually yes. read so you to, my to, list. To your point, did did he ever tell you that? Or is that something that no, you did? No, that's Josh, something was that today TikTok. or last night? I think it was last night. Yeah. Josh um, was like, hey, man, like I wrote down these goals. First time writing down goals in my racing career. No, and, I think you, you should. But you he should. already checked off like 75% of them well, at round one. That's disappointing because the, uh, uh, the object to, to goal setting is you, you've got to put stuff in there that you know is achievable. And but I you, did that. Yep. But the majority of it needs to be stuff that you don't really believe you can achieve. And there's, there's some a, of that also. Yeah. But that needs to be the majority. You you, you need to set your sights uh, high. Seventy five percent is easy. But you you checked you a few you don't off say, at wrong oh, one. You don't want to say oh you know there there needs to be stuff like okay finish every race. And I that's have, that's a tough goal. Yeah. That's one. That's that's a pretty tough goal. That's that's a realistic realistic goal. Let's finish every race this season. Yep. And then another one's finish every race in the top five. All right. I have something similar. Yes. Okay. And then it's like win a race. I have a podium. Yeah, he's never gotten a podium. And but you have. I don't want to well, say exactly what your goals are, but you have go, go from go more podium win a podium. race, and then below win a race. If I win a race, win two races. You know, like keep compounding all those goals into stuff that's almost unachievable. That way you keep, keep the desire to keep going because you don't want to, you don't want to achieve a goal and then be, find yourself content, content. The nice thing is you can always set new ones. You, you can, but you know, you write them down at the beginning of the year, you hold yourself accountable to that sheet and you try to achieve that. Sure. You should never back down from them, but I think if you end up doing more than you anticipate, it's okay to set higher goals. No, it, it, it for sure is. But I'm saying like, it, 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 it's it's best to just go ahead and do it right at the start of the year. Yeah, definitely. Make a sh- make a make a list. Make a sheet. Yeah, come on, he's he's and get he, to it. He's social That's media a, guy. It's in his phone. Yeah, it's in my phone. Whatever in your phone. Write it down. Look but at it. I think one of those goals should have been what maybe what you just said, what you said earlier was hey, uh, believe in yourself. You know. Yeah. Because that's one thing I do sometimes. I lack and. Uh, you know, I have the speed, I have the strength, I have the knowledge, the race craft, but I just need to, hey, you can do this. You can keep up with that guy. You can run with these top five, top four. Um, and I just have to be there at the end of the day, and I know I can outsmart some of these guys easily. Yeah, and you know what? What's um, just a little, what's crazy to me is like there's people out there that live, they're out there living um, trying to make it safely to death. You know, they're trying to make it safely to their deathbed. I mean, where, where's the fun in that? Yeah. No, 100%. Like, go out there and make something happen. Do something wild. You got one shot at this dude. Like it's now or never. It's very true. 
and I'm getting on older on the spectrum of racing. So dude's I, 29 I, over here. I'm know, thinking right? he's like I'm in his early 20s. Having the best, having the best start it. of my GNCC career at 29. So I, I'm young hearted. I, though. I mean, look at look at Johnny G. Yeah, look at Johnny G. I peaked at 39. Okay, I'm probably gonna be done racing before then. But <laughs> most people that's are. What, <laughs> that's what he said. At what? Probably before 30. Uh, yeah. When I was in my late 20s, I was retiring, and I think I was 28. The first time it was like it just made sense for me. I'm like, yeah, it's time for me to go actually do something with my life. Imagine how different I would have been God. in the world. Not not the world, but like my racing world would have been if if I would have just not per, like pushed through it. And thankfully, I had a bunch of people that were like, eh, like, eh, why, don't, why don't you just give it like one more, one more, one, one yeah. more year, one, one more, more year. Ryder, what's your goals? Win next at your championship. I mean, there's got to be more to it. He doesn't have to share them on air. I mean, I mean not, yeah, you don't have to tell me yeah. in detail, but like, what? what Did what you write them down? Have you ever done that? I've written them down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, um, okay, let's 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 get a little background on Ryder. Um, you, let's you do tell that. you tell us a story. I mean, every everybody's got a story. This isn't necessarily an interview esque no. type podcast, but we want to get a little background, like. Share, yeah. share Look with at people. Him. He's, like, he's starting to sweat. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, nervous. For, the, for those that yeah. don't know, Ryder's a man of few words. So Caleb yeah, just basically said, hey, buddy, tell us spot. your life story. Yeah, go for it. I mean, yeah, where'd you come from? How'd you get into it? Um, your last your last name's Lafferty, so racing's in your blood already. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard of a few yeah. of those guys. From New Jersey, yeah. My whole family, they have a racing background. My uncle, obviously, eight-time National Enduro champion. My dad raced. My you know whole family did it. And uh, just kind of grew up doing that. My uh, my dad actually, you know, he still does. He does riding schools and teaches people, you know, technique and how to not how to ride, but how to be a better rider. And grew up doing that, just going to classes and obviously looking up to my uncle and wanting to, you know, seeing how well he did and wanting to to follow in his footsteps and just race locally and yeah. Um, been pretty good so far so let me ask you this uh, and i don't know that you've i'm sure maybe you have thought about this did you feel like growing up in a racing family did you did you feel like pressured to race or was it just kind of you were inundated in it you were surrounded by it and you just wanted to do it because it was what you saw around you i i like dirt bikes like i thought they were cool but i was scared of them and i really like wasn't very good at first I definitely felt the pressure. That's like you're a Lafferty. You have to race. You have to do this. Was it expressed, or you just kind of felt it? No, I think it was put on by myself, and yeah. you know, not my family, but maybe other people. Like you have to ride and kind of be good at it. Yeah, so. you kind of see the success around you, and you, you feel like you the you feel the need to hold yourself to that sort of standard. Exactly. Yeah. So did, I, I felt that as a kid for sure. Did you like when you were younger? So let's see. When Uncle Mike won championships, what was his last enduro championship? Oh seven, maybe. Oh seven. And what year were you born? Ninety eight. Ninety eight. So you were just a little tyke yeah. when he he started winning championships roughly around the time you were born. His or first even a little one before. was when I was born. Was yeah. it? Not? Okay. I didn't know if it was ninety six or seven. His first one, I think, was ninety eight. Oh, ninety eight. Think so. Okay. So you kind of just have like maybe abstract memories of like when yeah. he was winning. Like you were little, little. Yeah, he wasn't really around that much. Like he was always traveling, and you know. Everywhere, going everywhere so i didn't see him a whole lot but uh every now and then i get the chance to kind of you know he'd show me i go to a couple races actually back then there was a national enduro that was in new jersey you know a local one and 
get to go under the rig and kind of, you know, I was just kind of in awe of everything. What year did you say you were born? 98. Yeah, so we we raced a GNCC in New Jersey in 97 and 98 or 98 and 99. Yeah. Um, Manahawken. Manahawken. We yeah. have local races there. Really? So, yep. Yeah, that was a wild place. Yeah. yeah I was already racing XC1 back then. It <laughs> <laughs> was a long time ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, to my knowledge, in my racing career, uh, going back to 93, that was the only only time we've ever raced in mm-hmm. New Jersey was those two years. I believe it was either 97 and 98 or 98 and 99. Yeah. Yeah. I've so. been, I was there as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was racing XC1. You were crawling and yeah. pooping a diaper. So uh, jumping for- forward a little bit to, um, you know, say within the last seven, five, six, seven years, uh, what has been, you know, what has jump started you to get to this point now, um, especially in GNCC? Was was it ever uh, some a thought uh, as far as racing GNCC, or was it you know your your family is diehard enduro yeah uh, to the core? So um, I know that's kind of where you started, yeah. So to I, speak, as far as like you got your you, you started excelling in enduros. Um, I know you raced uh, GNCCs here and there, but not not a whole lot. It was yeah, for sure. I mean, I grew up like I, I grew up racing local two hour hair scrambles, just like everybody does. Yeah. So, I have that was like you know I have I was good locally, and then the Endura thing kind of just fell into my lap. Like I was pretty good at it, and never really got into the GNCC GNCC thing. You know, my my uncle and my dad they weren't really the biggest fans of them, and you know, wouldn't, oh, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't take me to them or, you know, they, you know, they just tell me it was, they're super rough and beat up and kind of not very fun. Coming so, from single track enduro guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I was never brought to any GNCCs until I got older and I could take myself and, you know, I had a couple of buddies from home that we would, we would go to GNCCs and kind of. Uh, so what uh, you asked, like, can I go race GNCCs? And they were like, no. Yeah. Yeah. F that boy. Mm-hmm. That Interesting. Shit, that shit's yes. too big. I never up. knew this. You want to go race single track? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say Uncle Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, but I, he did well yeah, when he, he did, when he raced GNCCs. I, I mean, think he, it was. I think for Mike, it was like me racing enduro. Like just I just didn't enjoy yeah, it. Like my heart wasn't really in it. Yeah. Like I did it because I was not made to. But there there was an opportunity. I could go make money. Um, that sort of thing. You know, there's a big push from KTM to GNCCs. To, for him to do GNCC because mm-hmm. he was the guy in National Enduro for a long time, especially on the four-stroke mm-hmm. uh, when he first got on that thing. So, yeah, I, 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 I see his I point it. of view yeah. and, and the opposite spectrum of, you know, the series standpoint. It, it is a different mentality. It's, it's a niche, sure. you know. Both yeah. There's, you know, there are two. Yes, it's racing in the woods. It's still a dirt bike, but it's a, a, a completely different niche. Yeah, for sure. Like, Enduro's comes a little bit natural to me. Like, I'm... I don't have to, you know, it's all the, like the reading trail and all that stuff. I grew up doing that. So I like and enjoy the GNCCs just because it's a little bit more difficult. Like it's a three hour race. They're beat up, they're rough. So you, you know, you have to be in good shape and it's kind of like a, almost like a marathon or like, you know, an endurance race. Like it's, it's pretty hardcore. So it's, yeah, you get to go out and test your skills straight up against everybody. Yeah. That's what I like about it for sure. And more than your skills, you get to test your your endurance, your your, your mental, mental strength, strength mm-hmm. your fortitude, like yeah, your drive, your desire, 
like and and to be clear not that all those things are a part of enduro but in gnccs it's almost more important than your skill as a rider yeah, yeah. how so do you remember what the first gncc you ever raced was unadilla and, and you were on a big bike or on... Big bike. I never raced any um, uh, little youth. bike youth yep. stuff. And I did one. I did Unadilla B-class. That was my only one. I got stuck um, in the back. On the like train the, tracks. The train tracks. <coughs> was there like, oh, for man. like two laps. And yeah. Those damn things, man. Yep. Not very good. What year was that? Probably like 2012, 2011. But... So not long ago, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Ten yeah. years ago. Yeah. What What was the first year? And not to make this just about GNCC, because obviously you've had yeah. phenomenal success in enduros. You second at round one. Um, what was the first year? Just at, so when did you start chasing the NEPG series? Uh, 2014 was like my first full year. Okay, so it, you kind of had done more regional and and local racing. Yeah. National stuff came a little bit later. You yeah. didn't as a youth rider, as a amateur, you really didn't pursue national stuff. Mm-hmm. National Enduros, there's a couple, like, uh, close. Um, uh, Pennsylvania, there's a, cl- a couple Enduros. Rattlesnake. Like, Rattlesnake that <laughs> I'd go to, and I'd, there was either. An jo- other, Josh has raced that yeah. one. The quad guy here yeah. has raced yeah. that one. Yeah, I've raced I, it twice with Landon Wolf. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I remember, like, C-Class, I raced with Landon Wolf. <laughs> nice. I was, like, on a mini. But there was a couple of races that were pretty close that me and my dad chased National Enduros, and I did pretty well in, in A250. So then we ended up going to the rest of the races. I, I ended up. I think back then it was like top fifteen. You were you could be in the pro class. That was before pro one, pro two. Mm-hmm. So for two thousand fourteen, I raced the um, pro class, which I was sixteen years old. So it was a little early. Like I jumped up a l- pretty yeah. quick. And then that's the thing. Like I, I've never raced an A class GNCC or anything. Or you know that was my. Because when you came to GNCC, you were racing pro. I was National racing Enduro, pro National Enduro. So you had to go straight to XC2. Straight to XC2. So I've been around a while, XC2. Yep. You know, I, my first full season at GNCC was 2019, I believe. Oh, wow. So you raced that one at Unadilla in 2011 or 12. Was yeah. there some more in the mix there? Or? There was not for a while after that. I would say 2014, I maybe did one or two again. Would have been in XC2, XC2 then? XC2, yeah. So just a couple hit or miss races. Hit or miss, yep. And how, like, at that time, I mean, obviously, you and I know each other. We've pitted mm-hmm. next to each other for years. But I don't know, like, all the ins and outs and intricacies of your career. How were you doing in the National Enduros then? Like, I, I remember seeing your name. I know yeah. you were, like, a solid top 10 guy. I was a top 10 guy. Like, I, I got ninth for the year for, like, two years in a row, I think. Okay. Yeah. And and you would have, like, some standout rides every year where yep. you'd have a couple top fives and might even hit a podium here or there yep. back then. Exactly. Um, But so it's kind of funny, like thinking about that so like you're kind of getting close to the pinnacle of sport in mm-hmm. national enduro like you're kind of there breaking through and you're literally riding like gncc yes you're riding xc2 and, and doing pretty well from what i remember but like you're learning the ropes yeah. you had no yeah. no like youth no amateur experience to fall back on so mm-hmm. you've kind of with 2019 being your first full year like you're only in year four of racing gnccs in a full-time capacity technically yeah when you look at it like that it's a it's that's a pretty steep learning curve unique. like no youth, no amateur, like, uh, again, racing, you, you, you know how to ride a dirt bike, but the race craft is so different from one series to the other. And you have to be able to, and a lot of times you guys are back to back weekends. You kind of have to change that mindset, you know, to go into the weekend of, okay, this is an enduro. I need to read trail differently. I need to, my mindset needs to be different. And then GNCC, like same thing. And, and you're kind of just building up your tools in the toolbox and GNCC and 
worked out pretty well for you round one. Yeah, not that bad. It's pretty impressive. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I didn't I I guess like I, I knew some of this, but now yeah, like it's just when, kinda when all... you start piecing the puzzles together, it paints a better picture. I I think too, like it's almost he he's in a good spot because he's what are you? You just turned twenty six, right? Twenty five. Twenty five. Yep. So even younger. So just turned twenty five. Um, you look much older. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he hasn't been doing it for years and years and yeah. years where he's like the same places over and over. Obviously he's been to a lot of these places multiple times, but you know, I, I see, I know for me and like most of the guys that are still racing, like they, they know what to expect. He knows what to expect, but it, he's not like worn out of it. Right. Yeah. Or it, it hasn't the, the, the grind of, of the season, the racing, the mental stress, the stress that uh, that trying to be a competitor brings, I, I don't feel like it's it's worn on him yet. It's all still pretty fresh and exciting. So when you do something, when you're into something new and it's going well, you know, you you thrive in that sort of environment. So um, yeah, to, to add to that, it's like I have a different outlook on it because I feel. You know, I, I graduated high school in 2016, Man, and it's crazy. Right, right after high school, I uh, I went and uh, my uncle was very adamant that I got a regular job, and you know, I went to trade school in um, uh, high school for welding, so I got a job at a glass factory, and I I worked there for just about five years, you know, and just uh, you know, I still raced like I did GNCC. So so until somewhat recently. Yeah, recently, like uh, 2020 is when I quit. Yeah. 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 Wow. So I, I worked there and like I, you know, it's, Working that, that's why it's fresh to me because I, you know, getting up early. Yeah, you have the work. you have the perspective of like, hey, you know, like I'm going to get up and go bust my ass for somebody else. Or I can get up, bust my ass and do this and make this my job and make a good living at it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. and and. Man, that's and, and I've always said, and this applies exactly to what you're saying. Like, uh, even on and and we all are guilty of it as professional athletes and racers. Like, there's days where it's bad days of racing, and you're just like, ah, oh. like. But sometimes it's important to take that step back. For me, it was anyway, and be like, hey, man, a bad day of racing still beats a good day of most things. And and that's not like a way to rest and make excuses for a poor performance, but when you start to get Caleb, like you mentioned, like jaded, like the grind is wearing yeah. you down. Like, I think it's important. Um, it, sometimes it's important to remember that, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people that race dirt bikes and or ride dirt bikes and four wheelers around the country. Um, probably a huge percentage, 90 plus percent of those people would kill to be in the shoes that you're in rider yeah. Josh that you're in. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, you can't really Josh rolls his eyes, but it's true. I mean, no, I'm not saying yeah, that. I would good. rather be in his position with well, a, you know, full factory ride. I don't actually don't. Do you have a factory yeah, ride? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Regardless, yeah. like pretty sweet. But you, I think if you would take you two and put you, like, within your respective um, categories of ATVs and and motorcycles, like you guys are kind of in a similar point in your career, like on the cusp of you know Josh, your first top five rider. Um, you know, another XC2 win. This is your second, correct? Third. Third, sorry. Third. Man. I knew you had one at least previously. Um, but you guys are kind of like really in that potential breakthrough area. You know, and me being an old guy looking and Caleb being retired, like it's 
it's I think it's some somewhat important to once in a while when things start to grind on you take that perspective of most people would kill to be in the like you you put in the work you made it happen yeah. but don't get jaded too young and too early because yeah. like even on a bad day like it's okay to be pissed it's okay to you know kick the sand and but when you wake up the next morning remember that you're pretty fortunate to be in the position you're in 100 mm-hmm. percent. i think i think too now that we're bringing this up and on sort of that that topic you know there's so many so many people out there and, I, and i'm not saying that it's right or wrong you know which what you want to Obviously, everybody wants a kid, their kids to have, you know, the world. But I do think it's important to, you know, instill some discipline and structure into their life at a young age. Yeah. You know, I was I was raised up that same way. It wasn't it wasn't all focused about racing. You know, there was other aspects of my life and like, hey, we need, you know, first and foremost, it's good grades yeah. and then this and, you know, racing comes second to everything. Um, so I think uh, I, I think I got fortunate in that that aspect that to have that that discipline um you know it was it was a privilege and you know i was raised as racing was a privilege for me at a young age and where you know i i'm bad about this myself like crew doesn't look at it like that no you know i don't i'm not instilling i try to but it's not the same you know because i know yeah we're just going to have fun and like i give them more than i ever got which but that's always going to be the case yeah it's it is you know, there's a quote that I'm going to forget. You know, it's, man, this is a really good quote. It's, uh, you know. You want to Google it first? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a video on YouTube. It, it goes along the lines of something like, you know, my grandfather walked 15 miles to school. My, my dad rode the bus to school. Um, I drove a Ferrari. Um, my son's going to drive a Lamborghini. His son is going to. Uh, be back walking to school because yeah. you know strong men create easy times yeah. weak men create hard times yeah. so i've listened to that book yeah yeah, yeah. It, and, and it is very true like in you know obviously caleb in your position like you grew up your dad uh an enduro champion very successful in a lot of forms of racing but at the same time didn't hand everything to you in a silver platter no um, it was he he, he, always, he, he I, almost I discouraged you yeah he, from uh, racing it was like oh you're not gonna make a living off you're not going to make a yeah. make a name off my name. Yeah. You know, you, you're going to have to earn it. So. Well, and, and I've told the story, and I believe I've even told it on the podcast, but it, it's funny. I, I think I told it on social media, and so many people come up to me and tell me, they're like, do you, like, how do you feel? I, I've said it before. Maybe I haven't said it on this, but my dad um, kind of drove me into the ground the one time that I remember telling him I was going to make a living racing ATVs. And no, he, you're not, boy. Well, no, he literally, yeah. it was during a rainstorm. We were on a landscape job, and he handed me a shovel and said, go outside and dig a hole. And I just looked at him and he said, if you're dumb enough to think you're going to make an ATV, a, ra- a living racing ATVs, then you're dumb enough to dig a hole in the rain. So go out there and dig a hole. And I was like, for what? He's like, doesn't matter. Just go dig the hole. And I did. I went out and I dug the hole in the rain. And I can, I'm sure over time, this memory gets morphed a little bit in my mind, but I can remember driving that shovel into the ground and thinking one day I'll prove him wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and I did, but not out of like, I don't take not that as a spite. I don't take sense. that as an F you dad. I was fortunate enough. Uh, before my dad passed away to be able to have those conversations with him and say, Hey, you know, you kind of call me on the carpet on things when I had dreams that I had no idea of how I was going to actually make come to fruition. Like you pretty much brought the real world back and we're like, Hey bud, this, this isn't unicorn and rainbows. Like, what are you going to do to make this happen? And and that was a big part of it. So, you know, for you, like uncle Mike, and, and obviously I'm sure your dad and your family mm-hmm. saying like, Hey, go get a job. Yeah. Like I'm sure they had enough contacts in the industry that they probably could have gotten you, you know, some good rides and, and, 
you know, maybe you wouldn't have been lighting the world on fire money wise, but you know, you probably could have just focused on racing, but now like in the position you're in, it's got to feel totally different. Cause you know what it's like to wake up, punch a time clock, you know, go do a job that some of these other guys that are working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and then racing as a passion and you have the opportunity to race for a living. Like, do you feel like it gives you a different perspective? Yeah, for sure. Like I, cause I, I feel like I somewhat had a, I had a good, like, uh, my uncle did get my foot in the door a little bit. Like when I turned pro, when I raced pro class and national indoors, I had a, an air group ride and like, uh, support with Husqvarna and it was like pretty good, but I was, I was in high school. Like I just thought I was super cool. Like yeah. rockstar mentality. Yeah, yeah. I'm pro pro dirt bike rider. And then it's like senior year, you know, you want to have some fun and like hang out with your buddies and you're not really training or working hard, you know, not taking it serious. And then it was like a being an 18 year old. Yeah. Kid. It's a rude. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it was a rude awakening. It was like, I got to go to get a job after I graduate. Like I, this is real. And then it was like a building process. Like, all right, I need to get back and kind of figure this out. And, uh, you know, I want to race for a living and make that my job. Seems to be working out. It's pretty good so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when a plan comes again. Uncle Mike's going to listen to this episode and your dad and they're going to be like, hey, they're, they're going to be like sitting on the back porch listening to this episode and they're going to each take a frosty and just kind of cheers them together and be like, hey, the kid listened to something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I like it. Like. I mentioned before, it's as I see, you know, that that sort of lack of structure in the upbringing of a whole lot of kids. And like I said, I'm, I'm at fault, too, because I, I'm currently doing the same thing I'm, I'm that I say I'm not saying doesn't lead to success because you, you it talent leads to success when you find work ethic. I feel like, obviously, yeah. no matter where you're at, what One sport you're sport you're doing but it seems like always the the people that that are most successful have the not not necessarily the hardest path but the uh you know one of the not the easiest ones. yeah you know that you got to work yeah, for yeah, it it's you know when, when when everything's getting handed to you you get that mentality that it's always going to be there hey a good a good quote change, you so. referenced about three minutes ago you know hard times develop strong men like that's yep you know that's true one, one thing, and, and we need to start, I think we need to start like a tablet or some type of a note of things that we say, hey, this could be a podcast all about it, uh, all in and of itself. Oh, man, we, we have, we've got several of those. Um, but one that, you know, everybody's kind of danced around and nobody said it, um, you know, in terms of opportunities and people catering to racing and their kids, the whole homeschooling thing. Um, I'm sorry. I, I just think terrible. it's gotten completely out of control. I'm, I'm not saying that there's not a time and a place for homeschooling. I don't. There's a million different reasons why, for the betterment of your child, you may decide that that is the best option based on your school district, based on your work, based on whatever it may be. But if your reason for saying, I'm going to homeschool this child is because they're going to be the next Caleb Russell, they're going to be the next Walker Fowler, then by all means, what? what oh, Nothing. I, you don't have to. You, you should say Stu Baylor. Okay. I'm sorry. Some, did, somebody else. I mean, okay. Uh, we're not going to talk about you. Did, I'm just, I'm saying, just curious. Did, we, does Stu have eight championships? Were you homeschooled? No. Well, I mean, I was homeschooled briefly there for uh, several different periods of time. Not several, but a couple different periods of time. Not because of necessarily, not because of racing. Okay. Yeah. But no, that that's my point. And I like if you're listening to this and you're choosing to homeschool your child, that is absolutely your decision. But I hope you have a better reason than thinking it's going to give them a better opportunity to be a better racer. Because to me, like what you learn from the books in school, not all that valuable. 
what you learn from your interaction with your peers. Communicating. Like, yeah, like being a normal human that communicates and, and works well within the world, a lot of that comes from school, social interaction, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I see some of these kids at the races. Uh, and I'm if, just, you want, if you want to help your kid, tell them to go interact. Like, go, go talk to an adult. Yeah, that, put the iPad down. Yeah, put the, put the <laughs> iPad down. Come up to me. Come up to Johnny. Say, hey, Johnny, how's, how's the weekend going? How are you? Like, teach, teach these kids how to communicate. And there's tons of those kids at the races as well, for sure. Like, I just, to me, like, the whole homeschooling thing and, and even, like, all the school programs now. Like, you know, I, most of these team managers are present and available and are willing to talk to any of the public. Like, just challenge your kid to walk up to these guys and Barry Hawk introduce them to he's you, a good dude you know? I mean I remember I remember my mom and dad doing the same same to me is like hey you want to you know you should go talk to this this person yep and like well, I was like well what am I gonna say I was like I don't know just go introduce yourself say hi how are you I remember I remember my dad telling me that to, to be Bevo Forte uh with Scott um I can remember being at Steel City I snapped uh two silencers one day I seen Joel Thornberry this uh, past weekend at Big Buck, uh, FMF was one of, besides Scott, FMF was like my second sponsor as a kid. And it was all because I walked up, I talked to Joel Thornberry, I shook his hand, I said, hey, I'm Caleb. Uh, told him my story, yada, yada. I've got two broken silencers. Um, I was like, hey, man, you guys, you know, I raced this, this, and this. I'm doing really good. Would you mind hooking me up with some pipes? Been with FMF ever since. You yeah. know, it's, it's simple interactions. That you're not going to get by pecking your thumbs on the on the keyboard. Yep. See that, Josh? No social media. If you, I do pretty good at that. <laughs> I feel like I'm no, a, you I'm a you are very no, good. We're, we're talking about yeah, the kids no. that are. No, like I was just getting digging on 10 Josh 15, with the social media. Like, well, it's right. funny because now nowadays the I feel like some of the kids are like, "Hey, what's that guy's email? Yeah, give me his email. I need it so I can get that hookup." Yeah. Yeah, but he's standing right there. Yeah, but he's yeah. standing right over there at the racetrack. Well, yeah. we we won't and oh, Ryder, you didn't come with for this, and we won't mention any names. But there's there's a lot of people in and out here in Florida. We went to dinner in Ocala one night, and to see some of the younger guys and how they um, how they are online versus how they oh, are they they don't want to interact with in the person women like when they get in they, person they they if, they, if they, they matched with a girl on they, some they match form with, of they social some, media social dating site like they dude they're in person and they immediate froze. response oh like hey babe like what you what are you doing tonight or however you know it goes and then there's this you know witty banner back and it's forth crazy and then they happened. literally i won't mention any names but literally saw one of the girls they had matched with and it was like 90 degree left Shut turn Opposite direction. We're like, wait a minute. That was the girl. I, I, what am I going to say to her? I don't know. Like, uh, come on. Like, human interaction. Dirt between bikers, two I'm guessing. <laughs> they were dirt bikers. But I've seen the same out of ATV kids. Like, talk a big game until oh it's gosh. time to actually. And, and again, it's not just about dating sites. Like, again, like you said, like, oh, hey, here's John Knowles from Scott. He's at the races. You know, that's him right there in the tent. The guy that we're, you want to go talk to him. No, just give me his email. It's like, well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to send him a nice email and tell him I should help me. Well, here's a thought. He's standing there. Go talk to him. Yeah. And even if it's not he should help me, like, talk to him. Hey, man, run Scott's stuff forever. Love your stuff. It's great. Thanks. Or, hey, I had an issue with this product or whatever it may be. Like, talk to people. Yeah, put yourself in front of these guys. Be in, yeah. be in the real world. Let them recognize a name with a face and keep repeating that process. The, the, I, they're going to they're gonna know you. They're either going to want to shoo you off or they're going to become to like you. 
Did you? They'll give you stuff to get away or give you stuff to come back. We're, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna. Uh, we're gonna beat this this dead horse. But Ryder, I think you might have been sick. Were you here last time we were playing around the world playing ping pong? Mm-mm. As soon as somebody gets knocked out, immediately picks up their phone, like not oh, even yeah. paying attention to the game that's going on, you know, and just like whatever, Snapchatting, Instagramming, you know, TikToking. In Josh's case, until it's like, oh, there's a new game. Okay, I'm back. Like. I don't know, man. It, it, you go into a restaurant, you see it all the time. There's a table of six, eight people. And I will say this group's gotten definitely better about it. Like last night we went to mm-hmm. dinner. I don't think anybody was really on their no, phone. Really. But, you know, sometimes people, and, and you see it with families too. Like you look over at a table and you're like, well, that's sad. There's five people and all five of them are looking at their screens. So, yeah. All right. I'm old. It's everywhere. Back all right. We're, we're an hour and 23 minutes. Let's talk about some racing. Into this podcast. Big Buck GNCC Racing. Big buck. <laughs> We've already hit on some quad stuff a little bit. We'll see the whole seat, all but you only need time. the edge. Yeah, we we we've, we've talked with JM. He uh, got a top five. We know top that. five. Yeah, let's Fifth start off finish. with ATB stuff. What uh, what went according to plan or according you to know, expectations? What was different? How did the race develop? Um, let's talk about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, not just for you in general, like oh, in general, the, the whole point of, of this podcast that we want different, we want your take on other people, as you know, well, and we'll, things going on. We'll start here. Uh, sister oh, hasn't yeah. raced in five and a half years and, uh, she jumped on my practice bike, changed the steering stabilizer a little bit and went and raced the morning race in the women's novice class. It was pretty funny, but she used to be a women's pro until she got hurt five and a half years ago. So. It was pretty cool to see her back out there and back on the bike. Back on the bike, she was happy. She, I mean, she was yelling as she went by us at three miles per hour in the tight woods. But <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. That's to, harsh. Yeah, it was fun to see, see her happy. So yeah, it's good. Pretty cool. Someone to cheer on in the morning race, other than the four by four guys and you know the people that I, you know, think I see some, you know, possibility of them getting fast. So it's, it was fun. Well, we you mentioned the morning race. There was uh. Obviously, a heck of a battle there in the 4x4 pros. Uh, Cody Collier coming out on top. Uh, Brandon Frazier in second. Landon Wolf third. Um, a lot of drama after the race. A lot of yelling. A lot of speculation. We won't go into it because we don't have all the details. But, uh, folks, if you make it out to a GNCC, check out that 4x4 pro class in the morning because there's They're a lot running of... running themselves over. They're going to get... Lot of, there's a lot of beating and banging and going on. It's going to be they, aggressive. Yeah. there's And the, all three of those guys and several others want to win. Uh, WXC... Um, Jessica. Uh, yeah, Jessica Elioff getting the win, but uh, interesting to note, um, fifth and sixth OA, I think, for Jessica Elioff and Hannah Hunter. Wow. Um, I know Caleb and Ryder kind of staring off into the distance because they don't pay it, but the WXC class, it's been a while since. I was asleep as the morning ATV race yeah. was going on. So, <laughs> But it, it's <laughs> been a minute. Uh, there's been some races. I think there was a couple races last year, maybe the year before. I think it was two years ago where Hannah Hunter and, and Tracy Pickens were up in or near the top five. But it's been a minute. You know, those 4 by 4 pro guys are fast. That schoolboy class is really fast on the 250 hybrids. Um, so that just shows the pace that Jessica Elioff, uh, Hannah Hunter, they put a pretty good gap on the rest of the field. But I, yeah. I know some of the other top heavy hitters had some issues. Uh, Kate Osborne ended up third. Um, again, I think she had a couple issues. She was, I think, might have missed the bike step a little bit. Uh, Tracy Pickens talked with her after the race. I think she ended up sixth. Um, and she had a whole slew of issues. So we'll expect to see those and many of those other girls up front. But, uh, yeah, morning race was action-packed, and then we moved on to the afternoon. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe it was just me, but 
man, that one just seems so predictable. Um, not and and Josh is going to get mad because in a previous podcast, we'll go ahead and say it. Walker came on and basically said he felt at that point, this when he was still healthy, that it was a two two horse race between him and Bryce. And Josh is now all mad again. You can see on his face. He said, "Why would he say that?" Well because I'm sorry, and anyone else listening, at this point, it appears it was that way. Like, those guys just had so much more speed last year, so much more pace, so much more racecraft than everyone else. It's not a slam on anyone else, but, you know, you, Hunter, Jared, Adam, Chris, um, John Glotta Jr., Austin Abney, all you guys, like, I'm sorry, it's not the same. Like, hey, Just humble yourself, though. Like, you don't have to go and say that. Like, people well, know. I, okay, and and you have a right to to feel that way. But I, when he said I it, I didn't say one thing. The truth hurts, man. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't feel like he was saying it in a way of arrogance Nobody at all. He was it. just stating a fact. That said, he wasn't out there. And to my point, <laughs> I feel like it. I'm unfortunately, and dude, prove me wrong. Like I, there was a point during the race on Saturday, John Glotta Jr. was showing some crazy speed, mm-hmm. and I was like, dude, this guy, he might have it. He might be able to run Bryson down. And then it just never materialized. But um, to my point, to my point of view, I guess you would say. Um, Bryson fifth, sixth off the start, made some yep. moves in the first couple miles. Yep. Um, it seemed like he was just able to walk through the pack. Like the seas parted, he got to lead and really just rode his own I mean, race from there. He started by right behind me. And by the time I made one silly line, he got behind or got by me and the guy in front of me. And I couldn't even, you know, get behind or get by the guy in front of me. So yeah, he was making easy work and, they are on another level, yeah. but you never know what kind of work people are putting in no, on the off season. So, for someone to say something like that, that's the only reason. Like, well, hey, the, the problem people is people are grinding out here. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, I, I, I agree with that. There's people. Out, there's other people out there grinding. You don't know. People don't know what other people are doing. I see that aspect. But when you are at the top of your game, uh, you have that feeling that. For Bryce, I'm, I'm I'm not speaking for Bryson yep. here by any means. I'm just saying, like, in that sort of mentality, you know, the only guy that you think is capable of competing with you isn't here. So we're going to – I can walk right through these guys. No yeah. problem. No, no question asked. So, I mean, he's got to be the favorite, yeah. obviously. Like, unless something – unless he messes up, crashes, that's still a possibility. You can make mistakes. You can become un- unfocused. He, he could have got out front and been like, all right, just set it on cruise control, yada, yada, blah, 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 become disengaged with what he's doing because he doesn't have that pressure of somebody right on him Yep. or, you know, guys that he thinks should be there, become disengaged, make that mistake, and boom, people capitalize, people gain momentum, and it's all over again. He's, he's battling guys he never thought he was going to have to. I could see that happening. And, um, and I think there's a couple guys there that legitimately have the ability and the potential. I think so, too, but they don't have the comp. They don't right. think they can run with but, him yet. But that was going back to what, jo- you know, what you were talking about, Josh, with Walker. Like, I don't think Walker, I'm not speaking for him, but I think I understand his mindset. Like, I don't think he's saying, like, hey, there's nobody else here that has the ability. There's, there's just nobody that at this moment has all the puzzle pieces in place the way that Walker the and distance. Bryson did. And, and, you know, and that showed itself again at round one. Now, could next round be the one that Hunter puts all the pieces together? Could it be the one where John puts all the pieces together? Could it be the one where you put all the pieces together? I, it, I think we're going to see lots of battles, like, down to the wire. Yeah. But I, I, I think... 
But I don't think it'll be the same guy every race. No, I think we'll I have, there's going to be yeah. three, four, maybe five different guys there's, that give Bryson a challenge. There's no pecking order for P2 right now. Right. I agree. And there's no pecking order for the guy that's next in line to right. challenge Bryson. So I think there's four guys yeah. that think they can get up there and mix it up. In which I, I I think they have every right to believe that they should be able to do that. And it and it was a but good have, race yeah, behind was, Bryson. Yeah, it was a really good race. But he he left them out there to dry, like hung them out there yeah. to dry, so to I speak. I mean, he got his know? lead, and then he just managed to race with the pit board. And yeah, he managed the twenty seconds, thirty seconds, yeah. right in there, and, and rode a. And when you talk about managing, right there, like watching that race, it was crazy to me. Obviously, the first afternoon race, pretty much ever that I've had the opportunity to watch. Um, How was that? Was that fun? It actually was. Um, Side note, a bunch of people ask me, hey, when you watch that XC1 take lot, line takeoff, did you feel like you were missing something? Not for a second. I knew, right then and there, I knew I made the right decision. Um, but watching Bryson, it was wild to me. Like, I've seen videos, um, and I've seen in certain instances, like, seeing him and Walker battling, and it was totally different on Saturday. Like, he was a gear high. Yeah. He was rolling the turns. The aggression like, wasn't there. He didn't need to be. Yeah, he exactly. Was, the mindset was, I've already won this race. I just have to not give it to one of the guys behind me. Yep. Um, that It wasn't a full out for him. It was a, I mean, I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but it was less than 100% effort. Right. And uh, and he looked smooth. He looked calculated. Bike looked good. He looked good. Um, but behind him was just a snarling pack. I mean, Wyatt Wilkin coming out, running second place for much of the first part of the race, absolutely shredding, but you could tell he looked like he was on pins and needles. Um, and I think he blew himself up a little bit. Um, new to the XC1 class, um, Hunter Hart, always never scared of the rev bombs. I think we're going to try and have him on next week, talk a little bit about it. And he's he's got to be he's got to be a, one of the favorites looking into Florida. I mean, the kid just shreds in the sand, um, but he's never met a clutch he couldn't fry. So he, he just loves to just finger bang that clutch and just rev bombs. And uh, he makes more noise than anybody out there, um, even on every section of the course. But, yeah, there was a lot of battles back through the pack. Josh, you were a part of those. What, how'd the race look from your perspective? What did you see? Uh, you know, that was probably the most fun race I've ever been a part of, just being in that main group and, uh, well, at least having them in eyesight and just learning. You know, I've, I haven't been up there in a really long time, and with the whole new setup, I'm just – trying to get comfortable you know and uh i think and, and you got stronger kind of as the race went on it seemed yeah. like oh yeah my lap time stayed exactly the same all the way through the race so with a rougher track i feel like you're going a little bit faster and uh you know just watching it all play out and seeing how these guys move and how they battle and just finally being up there rather than just battling with for eighth ninth tenth you know where i'm normally at um i learned a lot and you know the only thing i can do is take it all and come back stronger in the next race. So top I mean, seven, <laughs> top seven. We're going to have to work on that. We'll work on that. I got that <laughs> big, five, that you, bonus money from fifth. So your, your P your P five right now. You so you've, yeah. So I'll have a better starting, that starting you, spot. And you know, that, that was yourself. one of my strong points. Um, Mark Notman, man, he told me how to start my four wheeler and <laughs> I listened and, uh, that thing fired off the line. And I was pretty much first around the, corner and uh first corner and someone on the inside just didn't look like they were slowing down so i didn't hit the brakes because i didn't want to get t-boned and went out went oh, out and ended up going forth in the woods which you know i'm that's a good I'm, spot to be yeah that's where i wanted to be to be honest with you i did not want to be leading the pack 
Arm pump would have been real. Uh, I haven't had arm pump in a while. It's been surprising. I guarantee you, if you would have been leading, you would have got it. Yeah, probably wouldn't been breathing at all. The, the <laughs> minute Bryson purple. got behind you specifically and you saw him back there, would have just been like, boom, yeah, pop by. Quad would probably be folded in half into a tree. So I'm glad I where, was where I was at. But now <sighs> I know where I can be, at least uh, going off the results of the first race. So. Um, any anybody surprise you anybody like you know why it surprised me but not really because i've been training with him all season or off season and then uh i knew hunter and junior and cole would be fast see cole um, surprised me i rode with cole or i raced against them multiple times this off season and i was beating him the entire time until the last lap and i would make a mistake and he would end up winning the race both times so i knew he was be gonna be quick the kid's always smooth. He's got his shocks and set up figured out. But uh, I was worried about his fitness for a little bit. But he obviously proved that, hey, I'm here. I'm number two right now, and I'm not going anywhere. So someone's going to have to put in the work, and hopefully that's me. I think, I think you know, for for most, it's just this the simple switch in the mind. It's the, the six inches between your ears is, like, thinking a little bit differently, like, let me interject myself in here and see how long I can see how long I can last. It's like you just said it yourself. Like I didn't want to get the whole shot. You know, that's a, that's another uh, down. That's another downfall. Yeah. Like you should want to get the whole shot. Get the whole shot. Do what you can do. Do your best. See how long you can hold them off. Somebody gets around you. See how long you can stay with them. Like right. th these are stepping stones. It's building blocks. Yep. If you don't ever put yourself in the position to do it, how are you ever gonna? How are you, how are you ever supposed to get there? Have you led a race yet? I have. Um, the last round, I actually had COVID, and <laughs> I got the whole shot, and I led the first eight miles, <coughs> and then I was absolutely gassed. And um, all right, so next next time, all right, so we learned we learned this that. wasn't I got, last I, year. This was in like 2020. 2020, yeah. This was not last year. This was like all right, so right we, when COVID. So we got the, we got the whole shot. We gassed ourselves. Why we gas ourselves? I had COVID. I couldn't. Oh, okay, I couldn't breathe. For one, all right. I'm I'm just getting to simple facts. It's like yeah. all right, get but out there, go farther each race. You know, no, no, not no, necessarily. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not necessarily. Eight and a half. Go plus farther. I get greedy. <laughs> just get out there, relax, ride like you would normally ride because. You know, it it is chaos there, the the opening lap, the opening miles or whatever. It's always going to be chaos. People, you know, that's the best time to get gain a position, the packs together. Right. Nobody's separated yet. So if you are out front, don't put yourself in a position to where you're going to make a mistake and go back to Way sixth. Back, yeah. You know, like just ride. Like who's going to pass you? One guy? One guy at a time? Right. You know, think of it and think of it in an aspect that's simple. It's like, all right. If I don't mess up, only one guy can get by me the entire lap, maybe. Very true. All right. I, I, just baby steps. We could, baby steps along the way. Here's I know there's a, we could, it's we racing. Could do a whole, can we, we say that podcast. my first race was a baby step, though? Like, hey, yeah, I just no, need to get used yeah. to this speak because I've never even – I haven't been up there more than yeah, two, no, two other I, times. I think that's perfect. But I, I'm just saying is, like, if, if you want to make – strides and strides fast it's it's a it's a mentality switch that needs to happen and it needs to happen now it's it's like all right interject myself see what i can do let's get up there let's see how not don't blow your wad up there at the front right just put yourself in position try to keep 
try to keep putting yourself in positions to make gains forward. Don't don't get over. I, I know I know the feeling. I remember being there in XE two when I first got in XE one. It's like eh, things happen fast, but really, and on, all honestly, like they don't. It's just how you. It's a mentality. Pro, it's a mentality yeah. and how you're processing what's going fast. You're you're nervous. You're scared. So just take a big deep breath. And this this applies to anybody that's out there that's just moving up into the afternoon race or 250A, whatever class. class. It's like, get out there, try to put yourself in a good position and just relax. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I have a good idea on this. They say when you, if you're nervous for like public speaking, you're supposed to, you're supposed to picture like everyone envision naked. everyone in their underwear. I never heard uh, naked. I you pervert. That, uh, I don't see that. I don't see that working. Really, <laughs> it either. might. You don't know. Like, what if you just as like somebody's knocking on the door and they're like coming behind you and like ah oh, he's riding in his boxers and you just start laughing and you just go ride. Like, no, I don't try it. That's gonna work. <laughs> no, right. That's no. not gonna work. I maybe, like maybe that's why I don't have eight championships. I think Caleb's uh, scaring tech. Technique right now is working on me. Like, hey, it's let's, not let's supposed be to be scary. It's not is scary. That, am I that intimidating? You are <laughs> intimidating. You're an eight-time champ this, that this, I look up to. This has been the topic of discussion but the last couple of days. On I, the way to dinner, you haven't been around. Like, how people perceive you versus... I love it, though, because I need that in my life. Like, my parents, I growing just, up, they said, go do the best you can, yeah. and I have always just done the best that I can. But if I had someone holding me accountable... You know, yeah, but you should hold yourself accountable. And I do to a certain extent. Like I, I've never wrote my goals down though. So no, that's, that's like that's a good step. That's I, I, Josh, and I've told you this off air, so I'll tell you on air. The single biggest thing you can do for yourself is focus on yourself. Yeah, you have spent so Absolutely. much time and energy and effort worrying about other people and what they're doing and what they're getting and and how what they think about you and what color underwear they're wearing. We'll go back to that thing for a minute. Um, Focus on yourself. Like it, the best thing you can do for yourself is be the best you you can be. And then if you want to be better than that, you need to stop, back up, take a look at what you can do to improve. And that is completely independent of what anyone else is doing. It does not matter. It has no relevance and no bearing on what you're doing. And I think I'm doing better this you, year. You are. You are doing better. But I think last year, humbling myself when I was hurt, watching these guys ride and seeing what I was missing out on, I think uh, – going into the off season, especially with the, the opportunity that I was given from action off road. Um, I was just like, all right, well, if this is it, I'm going in 120%. So I feel like, where do you get the extra 20? Yeah. Where's it come from? I sleep less. Okay. I sleep less than everyone else. I I love when people say 110%. Yeah. Where do you get the extra 10? I get, you're saying, it's Every, a figure of speech. Everything you've got and then some, I get yeah. it. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, yeah. I'm trying to make everybody proud that I but it's that helping me. Just yeah. so you know. It's hundred percent. But um whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, Saturday quad race is great. JM, we're just we're just trying to help you out here, man. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. And this that's is this why is a, I like stopping this a, at this house. <laughs> Ryder Ryder, what'd you this what'd you a, think of the HD race? Did you watch any of it? Did you see any of it? I did not. That's uh, <laughs> did, usually did, when my did you pedal. It's when my e-bike's charging usually. So you go back to the camper, like have yeah. a bowl of Cheerios. Yeah, pretty much. Probably on, not Cheerios. On Jacob this topic of e-bikes and stuff, Caleb, you know how inspiring it is when you're out there on the track, and I see you for 0.4 seconds, but really? you're just like, Fuck, go, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> Caleb, I gotta go. use the beat button. <laughs> yeah, and no, uh, I seen him out there this weekend. I was out there the last what was it, maybe two laps ago. Yeah, you were right by the hill climbing. Yep. I saw you, Definitely and I was like, PowerPoint. okay, well, 
he wants me to go. I'm going to go. So definitely go. it was uh, motivation, you know. Mark DeLong, if you're listening, Craig was talking about your pit boards after the race. I he doubt said, Mark is listening. Yeah, I, know, listen. I know, But if he does, it, we, 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 somehow we got on the topic of like what was written on people's pit boards when we were at dinner after the race. And Craig just kind of like mumbled. He's like, yeah, Mark gave me two pit boards that said go. And I was like, you got it. The next time he gives you one of those, you need to just like real quick, just come to a stop, look at him and be like, are you sure? <laughs> like, Do you want me to go now? Like, but I get it, man. Like you're just, it, you're trying to encourage people. Yeah. I, my, my pit boards aren't too in depth. Sometimes I get, I get gave Craig one that was pretty in depth. It was, it was uh, some sort of, very, what are, what are we pointing at, Johnny? There is a dinosaur on the floor in here. It's like a bug. Oh, we what got a, we got a bug is on that floor. thing? Hey, did you know that there was a rattlesnake shot on the property? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do Check know it. that. I don't know if that's legal. It wasn't by anyone here. But it wasn't shot. It was relocated. It was, yes, relocated. Mm-hmm. It was to its burial ground. Shot across <laughs> the property line. Why would anybody tell Johnny that there was a snake here? Because he's terrified of snakes and gators and everything not no like i'm not terrified of gators like i see them all the time they don't bother me i yeah. don't want to be in the water with them True. there's a big yeah. difference now we're back on the like do you, do you <laughs> want okay <laughs> i'm not and i'm not terrified of snakes either but do you want me to put one in your camper with you i mean if it's not bothering me I'll, what about that know, thing I'll i just remove earlier it. i said said florida man gets arrested oh, with deadly weapon because- <laughs> all right let's stop no 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 you <laughs> need to, you need to let's actually stop. hear this this is pretty good what Josh, a Florida man gets arrested for deadly weapon because he threw an alligator into a window. Drive through window. <laughs> it might have been Bob Dunlap. He he legitimately, <laughs> apparently, a Florida man threw a live alligator through a drive through window and was charged with assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Great. Back to the racing. All right. Classic. Listen, there was a dinosaur on the floor. Jesus Christ. Don't make, don't make me hit another button. I'll get my own buttons over here. <laughs> I'll get my own buttons. We're going to trade seats. <laughs> Johnny's just going to be smacking all these. Yeah. yeah, so, but other than that, the racing, man, it went good. Made a lap, last lap pass on Jay. He made one mistake and top uh, five got my got me in the top five. I was running like heck uh, after that. And he said, we actually talked about it and giggled about it today. He said, when I went by him, he rode as hard as he could. He's like, I wonder if we could get a sector for where he messed up to the finish line i bet you we were the fastest ones on the track that last lap so it was pretty funny that would be cool that would be if we could get sectors i mean you, you think they would be able to do it with like the checkpoints maybe yeah they i can tell you why they, they can. do <coughs> they can't why they can't why i don't know why they can't but i know like the checkpoints do scan they do see when you've checked into this checkpoints like in the scoring trailer yes. they, they can check on that for sure yeah they That'd can be cool, but they... it is not integrated into live scoring in the sense of it doesn't give them a sector time yeah there it's a completely separate file that has yep. to be then later integrated it's not integrated live so it would yep. you could see i mean technically they could do your sector times after the fact but it would take a whole bunch of work that why don't they just make it easier and just put it all together then because that would be are cool you, if you have i'm just curious are the, you a software engineer no but i because I it wouldn't some. be easy I'm sure someone and it would cost money. We had some some guys that know some software engineers that were located here today. Yeah, that were talking about it and everything that they were talking about that they had no, no, not really any idea about was way above my 
yeah. level of knowledge and technology. I'm just saying, so. have like three or four out there, and they'd be they like, were, they were talking about Elon in. Internet and TVs and like the, the camera shots, like all those camera shots are like on its own internet network, some sub, some sort of sub network that turns into an internet network with their own IP address that sends back to the racer TV trailer that is loaded into a, sh- yeah, it's confusing shit. Yeah. But I'm sure that's easy for someone like it costs money. One or two people. <laughs> yeah. It costs money. You have to pay that person. Yeah. So sector time's not going to happen, well, but the new, the new transponders GNCC? that were tested last year would have that ability as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, um, in time, in due time, we will probably see that process for sure. That'd be cool. I think it would be really, really neat too. What one one addition while we're talking about racing, and I didn't actually even realize this until after the um, PA and the the live race call was broadcast, um, so people could listen to it beyond just on the local radio stations. This that was the first time, so it was. Live, you could follow along at home. Obviously, Racer TV Live, you could follow along with the video feed for the 1 p.m. race on Saturday and Sunday. But but you could actually listen to the yeah, uh, the you, radio call too. Yeah, that's you could, pretty cool. Yeah, I, a few people said, "Hey, I mean, you I know, think what, I, I did see a link." Was that, that for all, all the races? I I don't know if it was just um, the morning or if it was youth as well and micro. But I but I think it may have been the PA announcements all oh, like cool all weekend long. So that was a new feature. That was cool. A lot of people that. You know, maybe their loved ones or, or people they're following race in the morning races, um, yeah. and they were able to follow along. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I awesome. mean, the racer TV, I mean, live, I watched it on the way home from the race, well, actually down to Florida, and uh, I mean, it, it looked pretty good. Everybody did good on on screen and talking about everybody. They almost named everybody right, but um, it was the first <laughs> round of the year. It happens. Names are tough, man. Some some names are very tough. Oh yeah, you, you don't you don't realize like uh, Josh, it's easy for you, but somebody who doesn't know all the riders doesn't know their riding styles. Like that's yeah. as a racer, that's as a color guy, that's what you have to do. Like yeah. you go in and like you're cringing because you're like, I think this is that person, and you're like, no, it's definitely not. Yeah. But it's I second nature off. to us. Yeah, like I just like those guys that can style. set up Starlink and yep. sub nets. Like we just look at a racer, we're like, well, that's Johnny Gerard. Oh, that's Josh Merritt. Like you just know, like. Cause it's all you've done. So I know what used to be super I'm, annoying to me is like watching they can the revise like the TV show that they produce and uh, how they would edit it up. Like the laps weren't correct. So I knew well, I would know <laughs> yes. when, mm-hmm. how close somebody was to me at <clears throat> what time, but yep. they try to dramatize it oh, a little yeah. bit. So it's like, Oh, what the, f- how's that? Well, somehow my plastics bad. just got clean. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyways, let's move into Sunday. Yep. Bike day. Bike day. Man. Two wheels. Two wheels. Skirt bikes. Big changes, but you know what, Johnny? Sometimes things never change. I mean, yeah. Well, the one thing that did change this year is with the exception of potentially, and we don't know, obviously we saw on the live uh, live, um, racer TV, Trevor Bollinger exited the race earlier, early. But other than that, everybody else made it through healthy, and that is a big change from last year. So going to round two, we talked about, we kind of mentioned that in the beginning. Same with ATVs. We lost Walker Fowler before the race. Uh, but aside from that, everybody made it through on ATVs in, in the XC1 and, and even XC2 ranks, I think, healthy. Same on, on Sunday. So that was uh, that bodes well for the season to continue. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great start. Good start. Top seven XC1 guys, P1 through 7 OA overall. That's impressive. Take it, taking up some of that money. Right I don't think that happened... One time last year. I'm sure not. 
<laughs> there wasn't even seven guys. I know, most of the time. Um, obviously, we got the XC2 winner right here sitting with us, Ryder Lafferty. Uh, the XC2 class, man. It was... Uh, it was like a snarling... Chaotic. ...hive of bees, like, all stinging each other, and it was fun to watch. P1 through 10, all within, I don't know, we 12, win. 15 seconds, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. first two laps, I'd say. Yeah, I dropped back to six at one point, and I could still see the leader. Like, yeah, if and it, then if you would have, like, made another mistake, fallen down or tipped over, you would have been back to, like, 10. Yeah. You know, and that's like... Man, it's, it's really... Uh, to me, like watching it, it's like, man, that's that's a little bit stressful because when you got that many guys that are that close, you make one mistake, you put yourself in a bad position, two, three of those top guys get away like 10 seconds, and you got to pass six guys just to get to fifth. Man, yeah. that's tough. You know, the, I, I feel like the XC2 class is super competitive this year. Um, lots of guys that are going to be up there in the mix and can be. Man, Big Buck did not disappoint. You know, those, you know, top 10 guys stayed together in a pack. Like, that's unprecedented, really. You yeah, know? for as long as it was, anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the one thing that, uh, you know, we talked coming in even before the preview show, like, we talked a good bit about XC2 and, you know, kind of who they have You here. guys didn't talk about me, though. <laughs> well, I was going <laughs> to well, get to that. Honestly, we never released our preview show yeah well we did in the preview show you definitely were mentioned um we had liam draper on he mentioned you as i said there's going to be three red bikes on the podium he did say that he I, I just i just didn't Honda. i just didn't say he specify. didn't say what brand what brand he felt like because we had talked about how obviously phoenix has three i did, you know, was not thinking beta whatsoever though. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear making friends <laughs> making friends um but no um yeah, that's what I was going to get at. It's like we've talked a lot about Lennon Snodgrass. We talked a lot about Mike Wachowski. We talked a lot about Liam. Um, we talked a lot about – we didn't really talk too much about Gus Reward. We mentioned the fact that he won the works race a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, there were some guys off our radar that were up there. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting one through ten to be in, in a line for two laps, Yeah, obviously. I don't think anybody was. And See, what was interesting, I wasn't expecting – and, and not to take a dig on the XC2 guys, I wasn't expecting 1 through 10 to be as far off the tail end of the XC1 class as they were the first lap and a half. Um, that was also surprising. I remember the first time I seen them, I was like, man, they're they're not, like, gaining any ground. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. the XC1 was, like, all still in a herd together, like mm -hmm. 1 through however many guys there were, besides the two foreigners that came over. All the usual suspects were, like, in a line. All the usual suspects in XC, XC2 were in a line, but they hadn't gained any time. And I, I think that breeds, too. Um, I, I, it, to me, it looked like X, it didn't look like the guys in XC1 were, were trying any harder than they normally do on the opening laps. But it was like there were so many guys in XC2, like 1 through 10, that they had a different mindset. It wasn't... Yeah. It was chaotic. You didn't have one or two guys trying to break away battling. Yeah, you had like it wasn't very, you were trying to protect your spot as mm -hmm, much as yeah. you were trying to get there the next so one. There were so many guys there that they weren't trying to everybody was so scared to make a mistake to fall too far back in yeah. a sense. That's what, what it looked like. It, that's what it felt like. Yeah, for sure. It it looked to we we mentioned it on Racer TV. Um it looked like the XE one pace got picked up. Uh, when it was kind of everybody together, Johnny was leading. He put in a couple little sprints. And then when Stu got the lead, um, he pretty much tried to break away 
we'll, right away. Yeah, let's we'll get we'll get the XC one. And, well, and no, but I'm, I'm relating yeah, yeah. this to the yeah, XC two, and it seemed like you, you know you guys were kind of jockeying for position, and I I know Rui led quite a bit at the beginning, and he looked like he had a good pace, mm-hmm. but he he kind of looked like he almost maybe was surprised he was still leading, so he didn't look like he was sprinting trying to get away. He was just kind of managing that lead. It was so, either. It was either I don't think he I don't think knowing Rui I don't think he was surprised he was leading I think he might have been caught off guard that he couldn't get away yeah I think that's what caught him off guard yeah me knowing Rui and his mindset and what when and when I said like he was surprised he was leading I, I wasn't saying that he's not capable no, of no, leading no. I, I understand it seemed like by his body posture and the way he, he wasn't like, he wasn't attacking to push forward yeah he was just kind of like. He seemed like he, he was like leading and he would you would see him like checking over his shoulder every so often, like, okay, those guys are still there. And I guess in my mind, maybe I was thinking I think like he, where are they is kind of what he was thinking, but they were all right there. Yeah. I, I think I think when I when I seen the op- when I was there physically watched the opening lap, uh, you know, it seemed like there was the urgency there to try to try to go. And I think it caught him off guard that he couldn't drop anybody. And then so then he's like the head's on a swivel a little bit. Which led to whatever mistake he made, and he dropped back. Um, but yeah, I think he was surprised that maybe he couldn't get away from so many guys, and it, and it is tough. Like the first couple laps, everybody's fresh, it's easy to follow. Uh, tracks a little wet, slick. Um, first race of the year, everybody thinks they have a shot. The track was like, I feel like um, very easy to go. Like uh, everybody could go pretty fast on it, you know. Like so. We were all like rolling pretty good. Like there wasn't a lot to separate us. Yep. It was gonna take raw speed. Like, yeah. Just raw speed. Like hang it out, take chances to get away. And that's you know that's what Stu did, but that's pretty risky too. It's, yeah. Especially run one. Yeah. And on that track, there's a lot of things that can mm-hmm. jump up. The roots gnarly. They're like, bad this year. They're they're bad on a quad. I can only imagine on a bike. Yeah, but the, the XC2 class, super competitive. It was awesome to watch the battle. Ryder went out there, almost looked like you were, you know, not in a trail ride, you were engaged in a battle, but just positioned yourself well. And when the, the time came about, when that, uh, you know, that two-lap card comes out, you you made them earn it. Yeah, for sure. I, I wasn't expecting – I seen a couple of pit boards that uh, – Linden, I think I seen 21 seconds, 30. I think he got it out to like 40 seconds at one point. Um, I think he got tangled up with some lappers and stuff and kind of slowed up a little bit. And to going into two to go when I – or going into the white flag because I kind of got held up behind some guys. It was difficult to pass. Um, but it was uh, pretty – just a tricky track. And – when I seen that he was right there, I was like, you know, and Gus was also right there. I was like, man, this is this is gonna be a good battle, last lap, you know, whoever's gonna gonna get this win. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was intense. You uh, you must have so going into the last lap, you were still you were in you you come through timing and scoring in third, and I seen you mile one, and you're already leading. Yeah, and, and that's mainly field, mm-hmm. and there's one little tree section on the other side of that road right there. So it's like, where, walk us through like where you're able to get around those two guys. Was it lappers then making a mistake or um, just taking a different line and straight up pass going by them? Yeah, I, I passed them both. I think I 
definitely like I when I seen them there, I'm like I have to do something quick. I don't think they knew that I was there. Yeah, like make I, a move. Yeah, like I surprised. Oh, I'm in a surprise. Surprised them a little bit, and uh, I got by Gus. Like there's that fast straightaway. Um, after you go through scoring, it's like the field in the back before yep. the the left right there. It's a long straightaway. We always do. I, yep. I pass you go around the, the sweeper. You kind of go back to the right, mm-hmm. sweeps back to the right. There's a little chicane on the edge of the woods. Yep. And, and there's a, a sharp straightaway. Fast straightaway left. Left. Through the woods across the little. Yeah, that road. fast straightaway right there. I got kind of made a block and kind of, you know, got the inside on Gus and got around him right there. You go, um, uh, like you said, through the woods a little bit and then it pops out behind. I guess that's where Thad crashed last yep, year. Last but year behind the back of that parking lot, that field, you go the back side of that, and it's like a long straightaway back towards, kind of going towards. It was a little scoring. bit different this year. I didn't pedal that little piece. Mm-hmm. They they kind of, they they put a, I, I don't, it probably isn't new. I've probably ridden through there before, but usually, yeah, you go past where Thad crashed, you go up, and you bang a right through the fence, and you go down, like, out in the open field along the edge. But this year, you kind of stayed in the woods right there. Mm-hmm. But it was still a straightaway. Like there was a long straightaway to that, to that, yep. to that next field, and uh, I got around Linden right there, and I was like, "It's time to go." You know, either I'm gonna push, give it everything I got to drop him, or you know, hold him back. It's gotta there. be a fight to the end. Yeah, exactly. So, and he hung in there. He was there with me. You know, the whole last lap, uh, I could hear him a couple times, but uh, you know, and then going into the finish, just gotta take the inside and make sure he's not <laughs> going to clean me out or anything. I took the inside line. <laughs> I cleaned you know how the it goes. Out. You know how it goes. How much did you get him by? Uh, he was right there. Close. Like yeah, two inches. Oh, maybe wow. four. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. yeah, no, it was a good battle. It was crazy Com- coming down to the end. Um, lots Lo- of, ga- lots lot of, of guys good battles out there. coming down to the finish over the course of the weekend. Another thing at U- XC2 on uh, XC2 on bikes, you guys were separated by inches. WXC on bikes, separated by inches. 4x4 Pro separated by inches. WXC and quad separated by inches. Um, I mean, even, honestly, XC1 on, on bikes wasn't, well, once, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> lot, yeah. lot, of, lot of really close finishes. A lot to unpack on XC1 here. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to stand up. My butt's starting to go numb. Yeah, I know. These, these seats, they, they got can the, hear them. They, they squeak. The they sound squeak. like, yeah, we're going to have to upgrade these. We need a studio. Yeah, we do. Maybe we should just get like a studio sponsor. Dad, um, build us a new building. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, your dad was 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 one of the ones that uh, was really upset about not having the podcast. He was driving down here and had nothing to listen to. I so. know, and he's so pissed off. We were kicking him out of the out of the kitchen. No, same time. It, well, he wasn't today. He was. No. It was seven fifteen, and he's like, "Well, boys, I'm headed to bed." And I looked at him. I said, "You do know it's seven fifteen? He said, "Yeah." <laughs> I said, "Well." Yeah, he ended up making it till almost eight before he finally. Did he leave that jersey here, Josh? Or did he? Did he yeah, claim it's, it? It's still over there. Oh man! It. No, I'm pretty sure he. No, he it. he got oh, it out he, of there. He's he like, it. Um, I don't want no quad guy stealing this tonight. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, X C two run down the top three was Ryder Lafferty, Lyndon Snodgrass, Angus Reorden. Top three. I think that was was it. That was the first podium. I think he got one last. Yeah, year. I think Gus got, got one, one last, last year. year. Yeah. Uh, I I I feel like. You know, he's a little bit hot and cold, but he looked r- really mm-hmm. solid all, all race. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he, he's been racing. He, he's one of those guys that has a lot of variety in his uh, his racing schedule. Looking good. I think big things to come from uh, Angus. 
Uh, obviously, Lyndon, the defending champ, rode a great race, P2. He showed a lot of speed last year. Riordan did. He just, it was hard for him sometimes yeah, like to, inconsistent, to close hot it out. Cold. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we had, uh, you know, Rui got fourth. Who was who ended up P five in XC two? Um, Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, Mason Simmons. That was his, his best, re, most likely his best result. Mm -hmm. And then Liam dropping back, he put on the fade back to back to P six. There, you know, he was interjected himself early, was up there, couldn't sustain. I seen the goggles off with about a lap and a half to go, and that was all she wrote. Too many cheeseburgers. Was it pretty warm, um, Sunday? Whoa, um, that was aggressive, really. man. Too many cheeseburgers? Uh, there's a, there's an inside joke over oh. at the KTM. Yeah. You'll get it. Too many cheeseburgers. So was yeah. it warm? Not really. Not really. Uh, it was perfect racing weather. Yeah. I mean, if, if FYI, if, the GNCC results are down right now. Yeah, I know. I was trying to look earlier. It's, it's all right. We don't need a, a rundown. That no, no. I was just up. looking for, for my purposes. And our statistician, Ben Kelly, yep. bailed on us tonight. Yep. Anyways, moving on to XC1. Um, more of the same. The usual suspects up front. Uh, can we say? I mean, uh, Stu's obviously a usual sure. suspect for yeah. up front. BK. He's going to be mad if we don't say usual sus suspect. Uh, yeah, I know. He, <laughs> he would be. I was accosted. Honestly, the I, I, the, the episode we didn't re release, like, I I don't want to say I praised Stu, but I, I was questioning what Stu we were going to get. And the Stu that I predicted. I, I, I don't say predicted, but the stew that I said, if this stew shows up, worn for a long 12 races of broken back fenders. Yep. Did I not? You did. You said if, if 2021 stew shows up, if late 2020, 2021 stew shows up, w there's going to be a lot of black broken rear fenders this year. And that's the stew that showed up this weekend. He did. Yeah, he rode great all day. That guy showed up. He, he got, he was up front. Um, he, he got a better start than normal. Honestly, yeah. he was he was up there like right from the drop. Uh, yeah, four or five, P yeah. four or five. But I mean, that's up there for him. Yeah. But I, he just he he looked hungry like at the beginning. Is that a fat joke? <laughs> no, 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 that that wasn't. I I mean, hungry as in like, hey, I want to get up here and show these guys what the hell's up. Hungry. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like the two races he won last year. He like hung out dead last both races and then just rode up to the front like when the guys made mistakes or whatever that wasn't stew this weekend and i think he realized everybody being back healthy like that wasn't the way you could ride this race you're gonna have to get up get out there and go and that's what he did and honestly too i was out there watching i, I was at like 10 different spots um throughout the lap so 10 different i, I seen everybody every five minutes there's only one law from the the three mile marker to the seven mile marker. There's a 10 minute section where I didn't see anything. But other than that, I was seeing the guys every four to five minutes. Um, Stu wasn't pushing the envelope. He looked pretty comfortable, which is a little bit scary for everybody. I, w I would, I would say because, you know, he got out there, he darted out to 22nd lead and it, it looked like he wasn't even trying. Now, Caleb, did Going off of last year, what happened to all those pros? Do you think everybody else was just like, "Hey, let's just get through this race"? And, I think some. And I think I think some Stu guys was like, were, "Oh, these guys are you know taking it easy. Let me no, just." Stu gap said in, quick. Stu said in his post race interview, and whether I mean we know Stu can be a showman, but he seemed pretty sincere when he said it. He said he had nightmares the night before the race, um, and he said he it was oh, definitely. Oh come on! I mean, who? I, I I did talk to him on Saturday, pedaling the track, and 
he was like, man, this track's sketchy. You yeah, know, man. I, we I, Caleb, you can say about. no, but like when the way he was saying it in his post race interview, he seemed pretty sincere about it. Like, I think it was in his head coming into the race. Like, he just wanted to get through healthy. But you know how that is. Like, then when the green flag drops, you don't think about anything. I mean, most, most. Right. But it's uh, okay yeah. for him to say he had thought about it before I don't the think race. About anything. Like, and, and, but I think I'm when the race started, he showed he wasn't thinking about it. Like, he just yeah. raced. He but just I raced. think before the race, there, he rode, it, but it, it didn't look like he just rode to his ability there those first few laps. It didn't look like he was trying to get away, but it, when he was in third, it looked like he wanted to get to the front. Yeah, like, he was on those dudes' asses. Like, yep. he was all over them, like pressuring them, got around them. And then when he got around, it looked like they were holding them up. So he knew that he was a little bit quicker, had a little bit more flow, got out there put himself in a good position, just held them at bay, you know, made them try to, to step it up to get to him. And every time that they would been, been got into second, Ricky Russell was up there for a long time. Ricky looked aggressive at first and wanted to get into the lead. Johnny G got the whole shot, um, led a little bit of the race, uh, that elbow, the way he's got it wrapped up, it's been causing lots of, lots of problems that was problematic for him this weekend, had his arm wrapped so tight. He got arm pumping and, his arm pump did not dissipate. It stayed with him the entirety of the event, which is unheard of. Um, we we were watching some highlights from some European YouTube guy today, and Johnny was on there quite a bit, and his hands were off the bars more than they were on them, and he wasn't taking them off. His yeah, hands were literally yeah, flying, flying off the off. bars. Like, how he even finished that race is beyond me. Yeah, Johnny G, P20, I mean, that is – yeah. That's he, as, he, as bad as it as bad as bad gets. A good sense of humor after the race, and I'm sure uh, he was gutted as he should be. Uh, but he after the race, he just devastated. I mean, he, he looked at me and he goes, "Hey man, I got a good start," and then I dice my way back through the pack. <laughs> 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 Look, it, sometimes you like you, sometimes you just have to like. I think for Johnny, honestly, it's the only thing to take away from this is he didn't wind up in the meat wagon. Yeah, he and he not not the old, monster yeah. energy activation transport yeah, the actual yeah. ambulance yeah the actual you know sos rig over there yeah he scored a point he scored a point and johnny's book that's a that's a good day no i didn't zero that's not <laughs> i've never said I'm that's saying, a good day no no i i put it on the pit board too i i seen i seen the writing on the wall he was going backwards he was yelling at me i got arm pump i got arm pump i was like i i wrote on the pit board every point counts i was like yep do what you can so one better none yep uh, very disappointing. I know he's not pumped on that. He's looking for way more. Yeah. I think, I know he has way more. Sure. He knows he has. I mean, he more. won every test at the sprint the weekend before. <clears throat> yeah. But it's 10 minutes at a yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the speed's there. Like yeah, it, the speed's there. It's not a question. The mentality's there. I, f I feel, yeah. um, but yeah, big struggle. Shocking. Honestly, I, you know, a guy like it, a guy with his capabilities, you know, he, he, could almost ride around blindfolded and be in the top 10, so to speak. So to see him struggle that bad and fall that far back is very shocking. Uh, I know Johnny's going to be back, but back to Stu, he was on those guys, pressured them, got around them, held them at bay. Looked good. He controlled I mean, yeah, yeah he, he controlled the race. But there was a lot of similarities between him and Bryson. Like once, you know, they, they kind of pushed to get to lead once they got there. They seemed to back down the intensity. I did see Stu had more, which granted it's going to be tougher on a bike, but he to me. He, he, was, he was there. He, he, he raised Stu the bar, had more, he lowered it. He, he, was, yeah. he fluctuated his, his – uh, he, he really controlled uh, the areas of the track. 
there was there was he definitely had more, you know, kind of oh oh shit moments though, like that we caught on Racer TV. Like he was there was times where he was on the edge, and I know that track could jump up and bite you quickly, but he had like even just in the last lap alone, which you wouldn't really think he'd been pushing because he had a pretty solid gap. Yeah, I mean, he was full been, slapper, like, a couple times, like, literally bounced off one tree, both feet off the pegs, bounced into another. Like, so, I mean, I don't think it was – he wasn't fully cruising, but I think he was definitely managing his effort. Yeah, for sure. And the only the only speculation I can give to maybe the mistakes at the end of the race is uh, fatigue sets in. You know, I, I don't think of Stu and think of – I don't look at him and be like, man, that guy's an athlete. That's not what I think at all. Um, so I, th- I look at that guy, um, and I've been around him for years. The grit, the mentality, like it's second to none. Like that's what gets that guy to the end of the races. It's not, it's not being an athlete. It's not being prepared. <laughs> that, that, that is not his M.O., you know. Josh, what's that TikTok sound about this? <laughs> is like, no, the one like. This is the pinnacle of physical fitness or oh, something okay. like that. He's yeah. Stu has used it multiple times. Yeah, exactly. He 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 knows. Stu does. I'm not gonna say. I I don't know what Stu does, but I I know he does more than what he leads on. He, he trains sure. a lot, but he just yeah. eats a lot. Uh, yeah, may, maybe. I, I have a I question know. for you guys, the dirt bikers. Um, now I would say that round was is like a safer round for us. Why is it so, um, not safe? For you guys, like you said something about the roots and other than I, that. I, like, I've never thought of Big Buck being dangerous. I haven't ever thought of any of them being dangerous. Right. In my opinion. But like um, everybody's scared of that. Maybe is it just because the first round and it, it took everybody out? I, I think it's because it's round one. Everybody comes in with their dick swinging. Yeah. Uh, everybody thinks they can win. So people ride above what their capabilities are and they hit the ground and now everybody's going faster than they ever have. So hitting the ground. So hitting a lot the ground more. or hitting a tree hurts a lot more now. Yeah. I think okay. last year, the one thing, I don't think the track was sketchy, but even if you watch the videos, it's, just, it's the exact same. It's been since 2009 Yeah. again. But I think last year, the so. difference was it was dusty and it wasn't and dusty. last. It year. was, it definitely was round one. It was pretty dusty last year. And, and I think guys were riding beyond their vision. They, again, round one, they wanted it too much. It was. It wasn't the track that was dusty. They made it. They made it dangerous by overriding their, not their ability, but their comfort level for what they had as far as vision and and everything else. Because all those crashes last year, or a lot of those crashes were. I feel like it's been like a, the past two years have been like a really hard packed big buck, like than what we used to have in the past. Like that used to be very soft. Twenty 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 one was like gnarly soft, and bef- yeah. and previous to that. Back in the day, like 2000, go look at 2012, 2013. That's yeah, big buck in April. It's a drought. Yeah, there's blue no grooved. moisture. Yeah. yeah, it used to get so, blue grooved. Yeah, it almost get, like gives me like a Steel Creek vibe. Like I've only been to Steel Creek a couple of times, but it's kind of like there's rocks coming out. Like I've never seen rocks at Big Buck until th- this year. I f- like I noticed them. And they purposely run us through yeah. those sections. <laughs> They pop up out of the I ground. noticed a little bit of change, just like we've been going there for so long. Yeah, I, th- I think we, I think we're getting to uncharted layers of dirt that we've never seen. Yeah, um, in a sense, yeah. because the track gets veed out. I mean, I ride something so much dirt very back. similar um, at Todd Jones's. That's where I kind of trained it the last three weeks before the race. And you have those sandy sections, you have those clay sections, and then if you just get far enough down, you get 
to a whole new material. Like it yeah. constantly changing. And I think, like you said, after all the years of them maybe trying to push back stuff, it's kind of pushing it off to the side and we're getting to a, a different type of dirt. Well, it's just the, the wear and tear of four wheelers and ATVs by the, the thousands, uh, and dirt bikes in the last, what, three years, it's been twice a, twice a year. Yeah. Uh, last so four that, years, the last four years. There you go. Yeah. But to, you know, to that, that, that does harm to, uh, to a race course, uh, the woods. I, I mean, you guys mm-hmm. see what we've done to this place here, yeah. you know, but, to, to the point of the track weeks, and yeah. the safety itself, I think the track is, to your point, Caleb, I agree with you, like, the track has been what the track is. Of course, it changes year to year based on the moisture, based on how it evolves. But I think this year, as a whole, the riders did a better job of taking what the track would give them. Yeah. And we saw more controlled riding, more calculated riding, and less, like, just wicked Winging hope it. for the best. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's good. It's a, I like to see a bunch of guys. I love to see good battles. I love to see guys sending it. But I also like to see a whole bunch of guys cross the finish line mm-hmm. safely. So I got a question. Like, I feel like big bucks, it's pretty hard to pass. How is it on a quad? Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It's the you, worst one. You <laughs> one of the worst I mean, ones. that's, that's kind of why we were all bunched up mm-hmm. is because I wouldn't say there were slower riders, but there was riders it was hard to pass like in my class. And so we kind of all this lined up and we, there's only two, three lines yeah. on the whole, I passed yeah. two people the whole race and they were both in the same exact line. Yeah. It's cause someone blew, you know, just a little bit outside and there was an inside yeah. and I yeah. literally had to touch them to get by them. So you're and telling me you can't start second and end up fourth. <laughs> That's a great point. All right. We're, we're, we're going back to that, but yeah, no, it's big buck is one of the tracks where, we and again back to you've been racing these since 2019. I mean, like I'm not racing anymore, but I've been I'd raced there since '97 was the first year we raced there every year, and a lot of the sections are still the same. Some of it has changed for sure, but you the know look, the looks have changed drastically for sure. Yeah, yeah, but like some of the lines, like when you're coming, even when you're pedaling it, like you know exactly where you're yeah. at, and then when you're racing it, like what I'm getting at is, and I see the same on bikes, like the fast line is pretty obvious the whole way around that track yeah there's places that are multiple lines but there's a fast line there's not two fast lines there's one that's kind of crazy like last year when walker got passed by bryson in that line it was kind of that line always even even the other way it was the other the outside line so walker commented on that after the fact like i think that was just a massive brain fart and he made it like three times in the first five races like a similar situation like yeah that's that a mindset, you know, like mm-hmm. you know what to do and you just don't execute. Yeah. So back to it, we had Ricky Russell led some. Did he? He led a lap. He was up there leading. I know that he led the race. I don't know that he, he led through scoring. I w- could check scoring, but it's down. Um, <laughs> new blue crew guy. Yeah, he looked really good. Back Especially on blue. looked good I, on the new YZ four fifty. Yeah, tried to keep it collarbone. Yeah, tried Four to keep it quiet for a bit, but had that broken collarbone. That's a that's a whole other topic we get into. Why why do guys like think keeping injuries it, it gets out there? I mean, well, I don't, when I say keep it quiet, like he didn't post anything on social. Yeah, but you I, don't have to post. Like people he know. was telling people. Yeah, it's like people like, want to. You go guys like, all knew about it. Yeah, I, I, just, I, it. I didn't know until like, Liam told us. <laughs> you didn't know till the night before the race. But I'm not on social media. Like I, I didn't. I'm see not it on, on social. Snap, it was I'm talked not in about here. Snapchat groups and social media and like in the click anymore. You know. It was and honestly, like I never was, and I, I, I don't ever care to be, but I'm just, I'm not, yeah. yeah. 
KR does what KR does and he focuses on himself, man. Like that's, that's when that's how it goes. So, um, but yeah, he was up there. He looked yeah, good. Looked really good. Um, rode a great race. BK Stay, kept it close right there to the finish for BK was absolutely surprising. Yeah. Uh, I know that's probably tough to hear for, or strange to hear for a lot of people like, Oh, it's been Kelly he won the first six races last year. Massive broken leg last year. Um, re-injured it at yeah. the first enduro. Uh, doesn't ride for two and a half weeks and goes out yeah. with a re-broke leg and gets P2. Yeah. Some Runs of my two down at one point. Back to that whole Snapchat group message the MFR, type thing. The MFR has a broken leg. Yeah. Goes out, gets P2. So, some, of, some of the guys. Savage. It's got that dog in them. That's yeah. called mental warrior yeah thanks Caleb. thank you i i I'll took i took some heat after racer tv for you know and i didn't feel like i really was saying anything that anybody else wasn't thinking like you know for him to do so well in his first race back and um some of the guys oh you know it's pretty obvious your buddies with ben you know this that and i think no well it's pretty obvious that i knew the kind of condition he was in coming into the race and to see him go out and get second it literally blew my mind yeah. like yeah. knowing where he was at the two weeks leading in, the things that were going through his mind, the things you could see him struggle with day to day, for him to come out and go P2 that close to Stu, like, I, I still can't even wrap my head around how he did what he did. I, I Honestly, I can't either. Guys, the, the pain cave he had to be in for I, three hours. Honestly, Ben, um, I, I've, never, I, I've never doubted Ben the last few years and his capabilities, but I've definitely at times doubted his um pain tolerance i'm not gonna if if that dude tells me he's hurt i'm gonna believe it (laughs) (laughs) you know if he's well one and one thing i did think was cool i don't know if you saw but Stu actually commented on uh one of ben i think it was a post ben made that basically just said um you know grit your teeth and bear it or something like that and i think Stu knew a little bit about what ben went through and he just came out and said hey man i knew you were tough but that was a whole new level of toughness respect that and was, I think Stu's another guy that you can we can all admit has ridden through some stuff that oh yeah is just mind blowing. So for a guy at that level to look at Ben and say respect, like that's two warriors like nodding their nodding their heads to each other. Yep, absolutely. And like I said, that's that's why it you know it's it's easy for me to sit here and talk crap on Stu because he's not this and he's not that. He's Stu Baylor. He's his own character. That I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. But We're gonna he, have him on. He he's not an athlete, man. <laughs> I mean, you look at him. The guy's not an athlete. I mean, <laughs> maybe like professional cornhole athlete. Ah, he could be <laughs> professional beer drinker, and that's yeah. fine. That's that, and that's that's his brand. You know, yeah. that's branded towards him. But the dude, uh, you can't take away his grit, his determination, and his willpower to get the job done. Yep. Like I will, will never argue with him about those three things. Because he he has that figured out, one hundred percent, and that is, you know, we can sit here and train and go through all this data and projections and all this shit, but you can't ever project somebody's willpower. Yeah, you know that goes above and beyond. And, and I think I mean the three guys we've just talked about in the top three, like each in their own way, all had to. I mean everyone had to dig deep this weekend, but those three guys especially. I mean, Stu, you know, coming in. Uh, struggling at the first enduro, you know, has kind of openly said and even said after the race, like, hi, we've been having a problem getting parts. Like, we don't have the bike all dialed in yet, but <clears throat> I just went out there and did it. And, and you know, you mentioned, like, I, 
maybe he's not an athlete. Maybe he's not the most physically fit guy, but he just kept digging and digging and digging, and he got the job done. You know, Ben riding through the broken leg, um, everything else that he had going on, obviously crazy great. Ricky Russell, you know, th three weeks back from a broken collarbone, you know he lost, which he did have the surgery. And, you know, I can tell you I've been through that. Um, it's really not that bad. But at that level, when you lose a couple weeks or – Dude, week have you seen Ricky's shoulders ever? You ever oh, yeah. taken a gander at him when he's yeah. got a shirt off? He looks like a mutant. I mean, it's gnarly. it's not as Barry Hawks. I mean, it's not as bad as Barry it, Hawks. Is it bad as your forearms? I think my forearms look like a freaking ten compared to his collarbones. Oh dude. wow, he looks pretty bad. It yeah. looks ugly. It's gruesome. He darn dirt bikers. He snapped them off like every which way you can do it. Like, I I mean, I, I at this point he probably goes to the surgeon when he breaks his collarbone and he's like, man, you. We can't fix this. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you need to buy a new one. <laughs> we have some aftermarket parts yeah. that we can put in. He's like, well, those are all used up, bud. <laughs> uh, P4. Shit, who got fourth? Jordan Ashburn. Yeah. Oh, there we go. And that was about quietly. Yeah. Jordan Ashburn and Craig Honestly, Long. And they were, were not far they, off. I of, was getting ready to say. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. It slipped my mind. Jordan, Craig, four, five. Obviously, on paper, four or five off the podium. But, man, from the leader, what was it, 20 seconds? Yeah. Uh, it, it opened up a little bit there. But at one point going into the last lap, I think it was like – They were – It was, like, were, it was were, like Stu, 15 seconds, Ben, 15 seconds, Ricky, and then 15 seconds, and Craig and, and three, uh, Jordan were two, sharing a second. Two, three, four, and five all tightened up, yeah. and they were, were all within about 20 seconds of each other around roughly the seven-mile marker. Because yeah. I know Ricky was right on Ben, yep. pressuring him going in the last few miles. Uh, Craig was in front of Jordan going into the hill climb. Jordan got around him the last lap going up the hill climb. Craig couldn't recover and regain that, regain that position. Um, it was tight. Those, those guys weren't really – they were just – they were about the same distance from third as Ben was from Stu all day. Mm -hmm. They could never really close that gap. And I, I don't know if that's be because they were too worried about they were in a battle themselves and then lappers and they couldn't really race forward because they were protecting a little bit too much. They weren't riding. Um, they, they were riding to hold one another off in a sense. It was almost like it seemed like when Jordan was leading – they weren't really gaining anything, not that they were losing, but they were kind of stuck there. And then Craig put in that push um, where he got around Jordan and then sprinted, and, and Jordan was, took he, off he got, after him. Yeah, and then he got they, – they both got and, close to Ricky, yeah, and almost that's, within sight. Yeah. That's when they started to bridge the gap. And then I think once uh, Craig made that mistake on the PowerPoint, took that wide line, gave up eight, ten bike lengths. It seemed like he never recovered from that. And then I think once Jordan didn't have the pressure, he he maybe backed it down, or maybe Ricky picked it up. But the gaps opened back up a little bit. But I think Craig making that pass on Jordan, and it's funny we talked about it on the broad, live broadcast as well. You know, those guys four and five, that was your championship battle last year at the end of yeah, the year. One two, um, and you know one two, and and now it's four five. Not saying that those guys are gonna be four five for the rest of the year, but in that race, like, but I think those guys are the guys that know in the back of their mind, like, hey, these guys in front of us, none of them made a full season last year, so you know at some point that went out the window, but a lot of guys I think went into that race, just, Hey man, get through this one. What, what, what did we think collectively? What did we think of Jordan's, you know, first race with a number one reverse number plate? I mean, is a four, is a four good? Is a four, you know, lackluster? I mean, how do you feel about it? As the result? Yeah. 
Um, and and his ride, like the ride and the result. I think that's what Jordan has made a a, a long prosperous career on in XC one is a fourth place, fourth five place guy. You know, like he was he was right there. He was way closer than honestly the the entire top seven were closer to the win than I. I I don't know how how I don't know the last time that there was one through seven that close in times um, for the length the duration of a GNCC. So he got fourth, but I feel like that was a the best fourth, possibly one of the best fourth place finishes he's ever gotten as in terms of close in terms to leader. of close yeah. to the leader. Um, I I don't look for Jordan to go out and just knock off race wins because he's number one now. Uh, he, he didn't do that last year when the, the field was depleted. So I don't expect him to do that when the field is complete. I feel like Jordan is uh, up there battling for the win. Can do it, absolutely. But he's still in that one through five range, but mainly that three to five. Like, that's his zone. And, you know, he's going to have to not so, – like I said, I'm going to – come off as a Jordan Ashburn hater which is not it that's that's not what I'm getting at here I'm just saying like you know you got to get up there and show me you can do it a few times before I'm going to be like oh yeah this guy can win and win consistently so you know when it comes to Stu Baylor winning winning the race I'm not surprised when it comes to Jordan Ashburn getting fourth I'm not surprised it is what it is they live in that realm uh any anything that did surprise you doesn't have to be top five Anybody that really surprised you, good or bad, this weekend? Uh, Jordan, uh, not Jordan, Johnny. He was the biggest surprise. You know, P twenty. I mean, gets the whole shot. Looks like he's set up to uh, to manage the race. Obviously, we know the issue with his elbow and all that. It was a bigger factor than everybody I think thought was gonna. I think there's more hindrance than anybody imagined that there was gonna be. Um, man, it was a struggle. Feel, I feel bad for him. You know, I know he works super hard, dedicated, tough, tough to see that. It, it's funny, like, how things change quickly. Because, you know, I think, <clears throat> and I'm not speaking for you or for anyone else here, but my thought, like, leaving here on Thursday was, um, you know, okay, like, yeah, Johnny's got this elbow issue, but he's going to be able to ride through it. Like, he's already shown that. Um, you know, he'll, I, I kind of had him, like, you know, top three, top five guy, speed-wise for sure. Well, speed-wise, better than that. But I felt like that would be his speed throughout the race. Thought he might fumble a little bit towards the end just from lack of riding. And, like, oh, he's he's going to be a solid top five, six, seven guy. And then Ben was the big question mark. And then you take those. And in the results, exactly you completely flip-flop flop him. Um, yep. And I, I'm that's not really a statement. That's more of, like, a just an observation. Like, yeah, it was crazy it. driving home. I was like, man, that was that went the exact opposite way of the way I saw it going. Yeah. And I, like, I saw Ben maybe trying to score a couple points. Even if he finished, I, 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 it could have gone either way for me. I was, I know Ben and his mentality. He's out there. He, he doesn't want to be out there unless he thinks he can compete. Um, I didn't think he was going to be as competitive as he was. I was thinking maybe three to five right in that realm because I know he's going to get stronger and maybe, but man, he, he put himself in position and he worked himself like, into a better position straight away, which caught me off guard. And I was like, all right, he's, he's, he's really here to race. He's here yeah. to battle. 
How exciting is that? Oh, it's it's awesome when you see a guy like like hey like I've got this fucking broken leg, but I'm gonna go out here and get shit done. Yeah. Like it's like hell yeah, that's pretty cool. Let's go. Yeah. And now we have round two. Yeah, yeah, week and a half, and we're we're back to round two, and everybody gets to do it all over again. One thing I will say about about Jordan, um, you know, Caleb, you'll you don't feel this way, but that number one can be heavy. And, and that was the first time he raced with it. Um, I think he performed pretty well, given maybe the pressure that was put on him by himself, the media, whatever it may be. Um, I get it. You're, you're saying he's a he's a three to five guy and he finished four. So that's right in his wheelhouse. But I think carrying that number one. Um, maybe it was. Who, who knows? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that set him back. I'm just saying no, no. I, I could have seen. I get seen, what you're saying. Yeah. I just I don't. My, I guess my mindset is just so much different and a little bit more intense and stronger than other people's. Most people out, I, I'm going to say most people. Like I have a different perception. I perceive things differently when I when I look at something. I am never an optimist. I'm always a realist. Like straightforward, black and white, cut and dry. Like this is what you're capable of. This is how you do it. Um, so that's what i seen. No, I, I, yeah, not disagreeing with what you saw. Just another perspective of, I think that may have factored in a little bit because he seemed to get a little bit stronger as the race. No, he, he absolutely did. And like I said, I was, I was shocked that the entire top seven, Thad finished seventh. Um, that was a little bit of a surprise that he never was able to put himself in the race, but I have an understanding of that. Yeah. Uh, crashed out of two big bucks now, or, you know, 2020 knee injury. 2021 did he even make it to big buck in 2021 no he got hurt um, i couldn't remember if it was after big buck or before i was working with that that year but i, I can't remember the I, I think he actually got through big buck and they got hurt at the next race yeah i think he got p4 and then went to the sprint and got yep. hurt next yep. year last year yep. boom big injury like I, I get it i understand it's i i know thad has a lot of want and willpower and he's he can suffer like no other at the end of the race and he just didn't show any of those attributes yeah. whatsoever. He, Good he news, rode, he's got 11 more rounds. 11 more rounds, but P7 is not where you want to start. Yeah. You know, obviously, yeah, get through the race. Yeah, I made it. Yay for me. Okay, we knew you could We knew you could do that. But let's, you know, we, we race to win. Like, get that hungry mindset back as fast as possible. Um, yeah, it's... Let, let's not skip over. We, we went seven. We got five and six in there still, too. Craig DeLong, fifth place, he was up there in fourth, was closing the gap on Ricky. Um, man, the entire race for Craig was at the start. He let off the gas, could have had the whole shot, let off the gas. Johnny blows by him. He was, he was literally side-by-side side with Johnny, lets off the gas, and is like fifth going into the woods. Could have had the whole shot right there. Could have changed his whole day. Uh, bad start, couldn't move his way up. Rode behind Jordan the entire race until the last lap. He passed him. Jordan got him back. Fifth place finish. It's sort of been Craig's mo. Not to, he he knows this. You know we're beating a dead horse here. You know I, I love Craig to death. I think he's way way more capable than you know fifth place finish for sure. He's got more in the tank. He was pretty hard on himself <clears throat> after the race. And uh, he, he knows, he knows, yeah. he knows where he messed. Watching the race, it, 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 it seemed like he just kind of was 
lost in the middle there for a little bit. <clears throat> like he he wanted to go forward, but he didn't really know how. And then once he figured out what to do, you know, Jordan Jordan responded. You know, yep. and, and and I think that kind of. And it's funny because the line that Jordan passed Craig on on the hill climb. Here's Craig. what you have to do when you want to pass somebody. You have to pick your spots and you got to get on their ass. You got to pressure them into a mistake. Jordan knows this. He's an experienced veteran. Jordan got passed, rode a, 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 about the exact same spot that Craig was behind him for half a lap, knew where there was opportunities, made sure he was on his rear wheel, pressuring him. Craig bobbled, got around. That's my opinion. That's my take from it. Craig could have done that three laps sooner and maybe put himself out of the position or in the position to do that for third or second. But that was for fifth. So, yeah. So, P5 for Craig. Uh, wait, who is six? Grant. Oh, yeah, Grant. Oh. Grizzly. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Grizzly Grant. Hey, hey, he actually, Grant. He's actually, got three weeks on the new Cali now, so. He's, He's caught, feeling comfy. He caught, well, and he obviously killed it at the enduro. Yeah, but um, smashed it. We that's a that's to be expected. I, I I was a little taken aback because he was closer at the beginning than he normally is. And and Caleb, you pointed that out that he you didn't think, have that hard charge at the end though, did he? Right, but you that's exactly what I was getting at. You had said the reason why he's able to have that hard charge at the end is because he saved so much energy in the beginning because he's just riding around. Um, in in my kind of observation he was closer to the front stayed closer to the front kind of stayed he, he wasn't did. necessarily in the i wouldn't i wouldn't say he wasn't in the battle he was like he wasn't wheel to wheel with guys he was but about he was right 12, there 15 seconds yeah. back from a and, group of guys that were in the battle and he held that pace he held that position so had he have still had that sprint at the end i mean hell based on how much faster he normally is at the end than the beginning he would have gone right to the front and blown past too but it just never materialized. But, you know, I mean, a solid sixth, new team, new bike. Um, he didn't appear to have that same level of, um, you know, confidence and, and comfort that he he obviously did at the Enduro to do what he did there. No, it wasn't. It uh, He didn't look bad. No, he, he, looked, he looked really good. Honestly, I was quite surprised to see Grant up there. Um, maybe he listened to the podcast and he was like, I'm going to show Caleb Russell that I'm a GNCC championship contender this year. Yeah, maybe so we need to have him on. Did. Maybe, him maybe he takes a lot of these words away and hopefully a lot of people take a lot of the words we, besides talking about the race and shit like this, but we, we talk, uh, we talk a lot, about of, good, fishing. A lot no, of good stuff that people can take away and I'm like, taking life, life. life lessons here, man. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I was, I know he has it in there. The guy can ride a dirt bike. Um, I, I do feel like it's a lack of preparation. Like is is mainly what it comes down, boils down to. He can be up there. He's got the skill. He's got the ability. Like I said, all these guys on XC1, not one of them is like light years ahead of any other one. It's, it boils down to the simplest things, mindset, preparation, and execution. And, that's that, that's what that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, he executed the beginning of the race better than he ever has, for sure. M- maybe not ever has, yeah, not but ever. He, but he he was more up there. than better than he normally does. Better than he normally does. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like I said, first round. Everybody's hungry. They're going for it, getting in the mix. And he didn't show that 
that Grant Baylor charge at the end, you know, and I've already said my reasons of why that happens and why it didn't happen here. And until that he proves me wrong, I guess it holds true to value. There we go. Does anybody disagree with that? I mean, what do you guys think your, uh, your picks will be for Florida? I, I don't, I hate doing picks, man. I really do. We went through this in the preview show. He was, he was I, like boycotting I, the even picks. like Johnny will like text me for like super cross picks. I, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. What would you just I, guess? I, because, no, but, but here's I, the I just, kicker. What if we were going to bet? I mean, I'll, I'll bet you like for a position or the win or whatever. Like, I don't have a problem doing that, but I just, I'm not going to, I don't know. I just don't like doing picks. It's not for one racing is too volatile, too much. There's too many factors. I, I don't like it. I just, I don't know. I feel like you think Stu could double up. I think he can. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I do. I, I mean, you in Florida in the whoops. Yeah. He, he has a, Stu is an anomaly. He, he has a, a strong willed mindset, you know, he's not, if he wins, it's not going to be because of fitness. I can tell you that it's going to be because of his mind. Now, Florida for you guys, is it, I mean, Obviously, it's pretty beat up by the time you guys get to it. No, actually, well, they doze it, is, it, but they doze it on oh, Saturday. They doze it. Yeah, that's perfectly smooth, like Sunday morning for, for the, the youth. for the youth. Okay, for the youth. Then the morning race is a little bit chewed up, but dude, there's so many guys out there in the morning race that are so not so fast. So the bumps, like our track here, like these guys like skim the bumps and are able to jump them and have like a good rhythm. Like you can't do that there because the bumps are so. They're not in the right place. They're not in the right place. They're super okay. steep and they're dug out like freaking handlebar depth in some spots. Like okay. by the time they get to them. So and, and the other thing too is they they doze that, but when they when it pushes back in, it's like this soft fluff. Yeah, Especially it, it, the it way we've had no stuff. rain right now. Yeah. If we don't get any rain before the race, it's almost like powder. It's oh, it's like baby honestly, powder. It's not that bad because it's dusty over there. Well, it is. It, I rode today. You couldn't ride with anybody. <laughs> yeah, but you you'll be surprised because I've I've been here over the years and I'm thinking uh I remember in 2020 I was like you're not going to be able to see a damn thing over there and it was almost perfect on Sunday. Yeah, you're right. Once we got to a certain point, you of you get enough like you get ruts. enough you get enough people out there like there's moisture in that that's the sand on top dries out so quick, yeah. but there's still moisture that falls down and sinks below. So you get enough quads out there, you turn that stuff up, you get the dozers out there, you mix it all back together, the moisture still stays in there. Mm-hmm. It would have to be a drought for like two and a half months before you'd see like pure When's the last time it's rained here? Silt. Last uh, week. It rained, it rained like week. five inches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So it's, I mean, it's going to be. As good it's as it's going to get. Yeah, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that dusty. It might have some spots, the fields or whatever, yeah, but the, the woods are going to be hits. about what the woods are. So. Yeah. My Might opinion. Be pretty hot like it was last yeah. year. Yeah. That's gonna be like that's one thing last I've year was gnarly hot. Really I have a lot of trouble with just maybe because it's I'm, I'm from Ohio, but like the heat, man, it gets to me and mentally just breaks me down. So like I rode yesterday at Kroom, it was eighty five degrees. I rode today, it was eighty five degrees and about thirty, forty five minutes in, I'm just like, Holy smokes, like Yeah. How am I gonna get over that? Like other than hydrating and whatnot. See, I don't. I was always the opposite. Like 
no matter how hot it was, it seemed hot at the beginning, but once I got into it, I, I just forgot about it and just went. Like until you, obviously, if you're doing a two-hour race, you eventually get so deep into it that if you don't hydrate properly, you start to have cramping issues yeah. and that kind of stuff. But like the heat itself never bothered me after like the first five, ten minutes. Like once you're sweating anyway, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's hot, but it was hot yesterday. It'll be hot tomorrow. Like, yeah. I don't know. It might be a mindset. Yeah. yeah. No, it is. Yeah. Whatever you... And it's funny too, because like, <clears throat> I there's there's a whole a lot of examples that I could put out there that I I don't. Uh, I work with a bunch of guys. There's a whole lot of info that I don't give them because I don't want them dwelling on it longer <laughs> than need be. Right. <coughs> Which is smart. Yeah. So, because because I think of it like this, like if I know what I'm getting ready to go do, the longer I have to think about it, the more I talk myself out of doing it. So if I give them a shorter amount of time to think about what they're getting ready to do. Yep. They don't have any time to think about not wanting to do it or how shitty it's going to be. So simple, as simple as it may sound, it's like, yeah, the heat's there. Everybody's going to have to deal with it. It's cliche. Yep. But find something else to dwell on. I'll, I'll make this quick, but I, I guess I really never thought of it this way, but <coughs> like extreme, extreme hot. And I'm talking like, 90 plus, you know, super dry, super rough track. And then obviously like the worst of the worst of the mud, those two polar opposites were where I always did the best. And I guess the reason if I had to like frame it right now is because I felt like everybody else was at their weakest. So it, it made me feel stronger. Like I, not that I was thinking about anybody else, but like those were conditions where I was like, dude, it's going to suck for everybody. And I know I can suffer as well as anyone. So I looked at it as an opportunity, not as a setback. And that's why I said, like, I never thought about the heat. Is it, I remember that one race, I think it was 2011, 2012, 100 and, 103, 104 at the Penton. Dude, and that was one of my best rides. Like, I almost won that race. I remember. It was, I was almost my first win. <laughs> yeah. And then you literally went into zombie mode and just forgot to jump a double. The, the Wibs never. We can we go back to that. Wibs <laughs> Listen, they, man, they I watched it happen. Race. <clears throat> the finish line double? No. no on the was, it was a double that wasn't a double. It was oh. a single, double, single right through the gate, and he went double, single, single, and I went single, double, single. But he got it. Yeah. He went he, around me. Yeah. End of story. But it was super hot. It was gnarly. It was 116, like 120 on Sunday with the heat index. Yeah, it was crazy. It was but it was physical, gnarly. actual temperature. It was like 103, 104 yeah, it was when we absurd. raced on Saturday. It was absurd. Um, All weekend. But the, I, I, Josh, to your point, like, and it, you could think it's too late because it's barely over a week away, but like, stop thinking about the heat and just understand that everybody has to race in the same temperature. Right. So if you're ready, you're ready. Go out there, race. Don't think about it. The more you think about it, the more you're going to psych yourself out about it. Make yeah. sure you drink plenty of water, hydrate properly, and go out there and give it everything you got. Start now. Start drinking water now yeah, or start need, mentally? You need, you need more than that coffee cup of water. Yeah. Oh, that's not whiskey? No. Just checking. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Wrapping it up. Two hours and forty-five minutes. This is our longest show yet. Now nah, we had one that went over three, but then you had to edit it down because there was too many cuss words. <laughs> it was only I think like hey, two or seven. Going. Hey, here's here's the oh, other yeah, thing. Yeah, we could for sure keep going. We'll be back five hours, but we'll Ryder's be back. Gonna sleep. He's got yeah, Ryder's got to sleep. He's got to train tomorrow. Josh has got to go ride tomorrow. You and I have things to do tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back again in one week, and we'll have a pre-show coming into. The wild boar. The wild boar, GNCC round two. 
Can't wait to hear. There's some Sprinter wild this board. weekend too. We'll talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. We will. Stay tuned. Sorry we missed last week. We will see you soon. Thanks. The Inside Line is made possible by Carry Resources, a real estate and property development company that's WFO. Because we all have to work hard to play hard. Check out their available assets and website at carryresources.com. Also by Scott Goggles. Defend your vision. Thanks for listening to the Inside Line.